Hello, welcome to the Tuesday show. I'm Walter David. And I'm James Chen. Excellent. Tonight, we have quite a show. Actually, that's true. We do have quite a show tonight. I feel like whenever there's a show, they always say that they have quite a show. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we do. Time we, do. Have, we have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Yeah. We'll go over tournaments such as TFC and etc. We'll talk mm-hmm. about a bunch of game news, including Street Fighter V and etc. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about a bunch of drama and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Well, just debates, you know. Those we'll kind have of debates. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But, I mean, obviously we did not have a show last week, so this week we have a lot to talk about and... Yeah, honestly, like, after TFC, like, I had, like, 7,000 things I wanted to talk about, and then we're like, let's wait another week. And then TGS happened, and now I have, like, another 7,000 yeah. things. Yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, sorry about not being here last week. Vacation. Gosh. <laughs> Took a little vacation, went over to the Grand Canyon and Lake Havasu. That's so sick, dude. That's so Sedona cool. and stuff, so I was over in northern Arizona. It was nice. You know, I've never been to the Grand Canyon yet. I've never been. I'm acrophobic, so I'm wondering if it would terrify me. You know what the weird thing about the Grand Canyon is? Is that the sense of scale is so gigantic mm-hmm. that it just doesn't even seem like like it like you're high up right yeah so i mean they, they say that about skydiving right they do. like yeah when you're skydiving it's just like at some you can't get the sense of scale yeah. properly yeah. so you don't feel scared like in the grand canyon when you look across the canyon uh-huh. it's like you're looking at a 2d background because it's just so <laughs> it's so far that your your brain can't like understand nice, it as nice. just some regular distance. So anyway, but, I mean, it was quite a trip. Did you do that thing? You know how they have that little glass bridge walkway that extends no, over the end. But we did hike down into it, and oh, okay. and when you're hiking down into it, you know definitely you feel that it's tall more because you're like right on the side of mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, other, yeah, other than yeah. that, if you don't do that, then you should be fine. Right, right, yeah. That was fun. I'd be terrified. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I'll have to go one day. Okay, anyway. Uh, That's why I wasn't here. Uh, Anyway, now I'm back. What do you want to talk about? Dude, we have two character announcements in Street Fighter V that we did. So in two weeks, they announced two characters, and we didn't get a chance to really talk about either of them, right? It's funny because I remember just recently you were saying, you know, they have to get on this character reveal thing. There's not Uh so much time left now. Right. And sure enough, so at Dubai, they revealed uh, Rashid, and then at TGS, they revealed Karen. Yeah. Now, one interesting thing, I'm just going to say this right from the get-go. I was watching a lot of the videos, and I heard the people in the background talking about Rashid in their native language, and they call him Rashid. And I'm wondering if that's actually how you're supposed to pronounce it. Like, less Rashid, but more like Rashid. Yeah, I, I heard the same thing. Yeah, yeah so, um, I, don't I don't know. know. It'd probably be one of those situations where we just call Rashid anyway. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, <laughs> it's well, gonna be that sorry, way forever. Everybody. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah, so both of them were announced. Uh, very cool. So brand new character, another one of the long-awaiting returning characters that hasn't shown up in a while. That cover the three categories that they've uh, hinted at and get into that once we get into Karen because yeah. there's some strangeness going on in yeah. those categories. But uh, agreed. Uh, Rashid. Okay, Rashid. What do you think? Well, it's hard to know what to think. I've seen quite a bit of gameplay now. Done. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Um, okay. You know, the Winter Stays On guys uh, in the UK had a nice set where mm-hmm. it was like Problem X and, you know, other, other people were there. Right, right. And so they played Rashid for quite a while. I didn't get a chance to see live, but I did watch some of it later. And very interesting to see his gameplay. It's it, He seems like he has enough tools that he can do a bunch of different styles. Like mm-hmm. maybe he has Rushdown in him. Maybe he has traps and setups. Maybe he has hit and run. Maybe run away. Mm-hmm. It really looked like he has all those 
potential things. So what I'm looking forward to is just, I feel like he's one of those characters where you don't know what you want to do immediately, <laughs> which is great. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like uh -huh. having to come up with what my game plan is, not just, okay, I'm going to, I'm a grappler. I know what I'm going to do. Right, yeah, That's yeah. fun. But what I really like is coming up with, with what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, especially since a lot of the people's complaints about the game has been, it looks simple or whatever. It's nice yes. to have a character that's kind of like that. I'm curious to see if, so his V skill makes him jump. Looks like it just makes him jump far. It gives him access to the dive kick or yeah. makes him roll, right? Does he build meter if without attacking? Like, does roll build meter? And you know, I don't remember. Because that's the thing. Is if you could do that, maybe you could like spam the roll, build it up so you can throw out tornadoes, and maybe you can zone. Because his V trigger is he throws out like the Aegis reflector giant tornado ish right. kind of thing that then he can cross up and sandwich you and stuff like that. Right. I haven't seen a lot of gameplay of Rashid yet, so I'm not sure how long the tornado lasts or anything like a pretty, that. It's, I would say it's like Yoga Catastrophe kind of. Like, oh, wow. It doesn't okay. move that far, but in terms okay. of how okay. long it's out. Because if you activate it and then jump over them, You've basically given them a new corner, a new wall yeah. that can do damage that to deal with, right? Exactly, so yeah. So it's kind of interesting. But, you know, it's not just that. He also has a little tornado that he kicks up. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right, so he has a kind of rising tornado. Every and time I see it, I hear the airman sound. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. looks just like it. It does. It does. Um, I wonder if that is the kind of zoning tool that would be viable against mm -hmm. all these characters who have anti-projectile. Right, right, right. V skills because uh, you know all those are grounded options mm -hmm. and they sort of rely on like a horizontal projectile coming mm -hmm. at them mm -hmm. it's visible it's there do the thing yeah exactly <laughs> but if, if there's this sort of section of the screen that's like cut off rather than just across yeah I, that's so that's sort of what I'm talking about when I say that I feel like zoning is is a potential style for him and he has that he has that kick move where he comes in for the kick and then he bounces pretty far away. Oh yeah, yeah. He has some good looking normals. He looks like he has a DP. Uh, some people in the chat are saying that he only builds V meter when he hits you, or I okay. guess if you block that move. So I guess you can't just sit there and build tornado all day because that would be kind of interesting that if you could do like throw fireball, throw fireball, roll, throw fireball, throw fireball, roll, throw fireball, jump, <laughs> throw fireball, roll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be kind of interesting but i mean we've all been talking about how we would like to see more character archetypes in five sure. so you know i i wouldn't mind to see if a zoner could work in that game yeah I, and i i think that if if he is if he's as zonery as it gets you know that's a that's disappointing to me but at the same time if it's a, he's an interesting enough style that it would probably hold me over and i'd be mm, okay. and i'd be happy okay. with it but okay. again I don't know how he's going to play. <laughs> I'm not sure he's a zoner at all. Maybe he's just a pressure character. Right, I have right. no idea. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, someone... I, I, one thing that I noticed, though, is that when he jumps over you and he dives, he auto-corrects, kind of like Cammy's yeah. cool again. I was wondering, like, does that kind of make Cammy irrelevant? Because then you have a character that can do that and throw fireballs and have giant uh, tornadoes and all that. Someone actually told me that the, the jump over dive is very unsafe on block. Ah, uh, okay. So it's, it's more, more catch-em-by-surprise or something like that than Cammy's is. So Cammy... I mean, obviously, if you do it too high up, it's very punishable for Cami, but it's very good if you can meaty time it and stuff like that. So, so probably still going to be a very different kind of character. So, yeah, I would think so. But he looks fun. And I'm glad that they are that they brought in a character that is that unique. You know, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. I mean, what do you think about just the you know not even character gameplay? The fact that you know 
is a Middle Eastern character. Some people were saying that he potentially looks racist or something like that. Some people were wondering why he has that little scouter glass on his That's eye. That's the best question to me. <laughs> the, the other ones, I mean, he was apparently designed in partnership with uh, a local Middle Eastern mm-hmm. group. Um, right. So, I don't know, I mean, it's up to, sort of up to them if they're not racist, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's video, I don't know. Apparently, Harada also was the one who told Ono put a Middle Eastern character in there, which explains oh, yeah? the coincidence of Shaheen and, and, and Rashid in there at the same time. And I, I don't even know if I want to bring this up, but I mean, a lot of people said that, you know, it was bad that they revealed them on 9-11. And st- okay, yeah, so yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it, too. <laughs> It's that like, was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, what it's, it's like... It, they did it in a country that's not the U.S. And the rest of the world, I mean, I don't want to say they don't care, but, you know, it's right, not, as big, not, a, it's not yeah. as big of a deal to them, yeah. et, cetera, et cetera. Okay, anyway. Like, have, you ever talk, have you ever heard somebody from the U.K. talk about 7-7? You don't even know, right? Yeah, exactly. That's when, when they got bombed. A, there was a terrorist bombing. But outside of the UK, it's like nobody knows. I, I always wonder if it's the same thing for 9-11. Like, we talk about it all the time. Right. I don't know. Anyway, it's a, it's a very silly, uh, yeah. very yeah, silly yeah, discussion. Yeah. Okay, um, cool. Now, I don't think he... I think he looks okay in terms of just the looks of him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dude, Shaheen is way cooler looking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, Street Fighter Five definitely is going a lot more for the cartoony look. So a lot of people have been making Aladdin jokes with Rashid, with Rashid right? Because he kind of has that look to it. And then plus another thing, you know how Capcom fighters keeps releasing those little cards? Like, here's where they were in the previous game, or then the other card where they have the little animation where part of the card moves and stuff like that? Rashid's card says, a friend indeed. So, like, yeah. every as soon as it said that, I was like, really, you are trying so hard to, like, make these Aladdin parallels, right? Because now right. I'm just like, can your old friend do this? <laughs> can your old friend do that? You know? Yeah. And I was just like, come on, dude, yeah, don't, yeah. don't do this. And his intro is like, it just, it's just, remember the name well or yeah, something? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, what is what's that about? Anyway, this is all stupid to me. I guess we'll find out. You know, I was kind of hoping that they would do a better story a one-player story just to compete with like mkx story <laughs> mode or, like, <laughs> right, right. Blue or whatever else that has reasonable mm-hmm. story modes nowadays but yeah i don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> that doesn't seem <laughs> well, like yeah, we'll see i mean look if they forego the one-player story mode experience because and we'll talk about this a little bit later they're working super hard on a capcom fighting network and stuff like that more power to you yeah. more power to you yeah. so but yeah. e- even for games that have you know, really good competitive play. A lot of them have lore. Like, it's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, League of Legends has, like, all this lore. Right, right, right. KOF, for example. Every story has those, you know, every, there's always, what, like, the trilogy or the quadrilogy. I don't, I don't know how many games, but they have the different stories. It started with the Arachi story, then it went to the Nest slash clone clone story, then it went to the Ash story. Mm, I know a little bit about that. Yeah, so, but, um, yeah, Street Fighter, like, I, I was reading something talking about how it just like doesn't like the story just in Street Fighter doesn't make sense at all because like in Nash's ending he gets shot up in Alpha Three but then Ryu's ending is like Nash is helping him in a plane. Right. <laughs> you know? it, just, it doesn't. Someone even sent us uh, some questions about like uh, on, via email about lore about like Sagat. He did he actually win the first tournament and all this stuff because of the way that 
this wiki and I was just like, I have I have no idea. Apologies, so, yeah. that is not our expertise. <laughs> not mine anyway. I mean, look, I love lore. Obviously, yeah. you know me. I'm a lore kind of guy, right? But Street Fighter lore just makes no sense. I, I've, I've pretty much given up any hope of trying to maintain that. But they have a potential to tie a lot of things together. I've seen a lot of theories about uh, Nikali, for example. Maybe the, when he goes into crazy mode, that has to do with Satsui Nahado. Maybe yeah. it has to do with Gil's thing, you know, or something like okay. that. I've seen a lot of little things, okay. like little hints. and. Uh, I think Udon just released a book called like The Death of Nash or something like okay. that that talks about how he came back and all these things like that. Cool. So, I don't know. No, that's that, that's great. Again, it's not something that matters terribly much for me, but I know that that does draw some people in. Oh yeah, yeah. So absolutely. it's it's important I think to have it just to be as appealing as you can be. Right. So. Look, all I'm gonna say is that anyway. Street Fighter lore at least is not Blaze Blue lore because that game. <laughs> that game's weird. <laughs> I don't really know about it. Like I think New is. Noel from the future, but came back in the past, and like all the dude, it's like time travel, and there's just like craziness going on everywhere. Cool. And I, cool. have, I remember reading about it, and I was just like, I, I have no idea. <laughs> so it has a character with magnet hands. So that's all I care about. <laughs> but uh, anything anyway. else you want to say about Rashid? No, I guess I'm just looking forward to seeing more footage from him to try to nail down a little bit better what right. his options are and what he can, what style he plays. I mean, I've seen a lot of people like, oh god, not another Fuerte, we don't need another Fuerte kind of situation because it looks like he hops around. And, oh, I really don't think that's the case. Yeah, and even there's one scene like where he's jumping in his arms, look like Fuerte's wind pose, you know, and stuff. Like, I, I don't think he's going to play nearly the same. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to be comparable at all. So. Yeah. Um, okay, well, and then at Tokyo Game Show, they saved definitely a bombshell for that one. I knew they were going to... I just had a feeling that Tokyo Game Show, they were going to announce one of the characters that everybody really wanted yeah, back. It and seemed like sure it. enough, they announced uh, Karen. And, I mean, a lot of people I know really, 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 really wanted Karen back. That's true. So. I honestly wasn't sure if the chances were good because she she isn't owned by Capcom yeah. and all that stuff like that. But that's what a lot of people said about Strider, and Strider made it back into UMBC three. And I'm sure Capcom just flashed a little bit of money and was like, "Can we use the character?" So, sure enough, Karen's back. So, and what did you think of her? I mean, she looks fine. <laughs> um, I I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah. In in that character reveal. I'm happy for everybody who likes her. Right, like, I don't right, there's no uh, I, don't, uh, 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 I don't dislike her at all. I just was a little bit disappointed in that I felt like she looked like she played more like some other characters already did than mm -hmm. I wanted. Right. I just wanted to see something that was like Rashid. Like I was very happy yeah, with Rashid yeah, yeah, because uh, he seemed uh, like he's uh, very different from everybody else. He has different options, he plays differently, yada yada. Right. Karen just looks like she's like a grounded character who pressures. I don't know, it's like yeah, it was, there, there's like five of those. So. <laughs> it was really interesting to me because they took all of her interesting Rekka stuff and they moved it to her V trigger. Exactly. Yeah. So it's almost like they were worried maybe the v, the, the Rekka stuff was too complicated. They didn't want to quite put that in there, so they moved it to a V trigger, so it feels like complex mode. So you have to voluntarily go into it. So maybe that's what they were trying to do. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, like other than that, now she just has a shoulder check. She has a little uppercut punch. Yeah. It just, it didn't seem like it was any, I mean, the funny thing is, when I watched it, she looked like a Tekken character to me. 
like uh, Derek Daniels actually said to me it was it's mostly her arm poses and stuff like uh. that are very Tekken-y and stuff like that. So. Huh. I do like her character design changes. I think she looks nice. Yeah, with the long sleeves and the longer yeah. pants and stuff like that. So Yeah, I definitely think she looks nice. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I, I was... Like, they took away her command throw. She doesn't have the command yeah. throw. She doesn't have parries anymore. It looks yeah. like they turned her counters into her alpha counter or her... What are they called? Critical reversal. V-reversal. V-reversal or whatever like that. So... Yeah. Uh, she's... I'm glad she's there, like you said, and I'm curious to see how she's going to play. I'm curious to see if there's going to be more to it than just uh, than just uh, just another kind of in-your-face, frame-trappy kind of character. That's, that's, that's how it seems, right? Yeah, that's the prevailing gameplay style, it seems. It does right seem now. that way. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's really interesting. Like, she had an another character with a V-Skill that kills projectiles, but... Someone joked to me that there's more characters with anti-projectile V-Skills than there are characters with projectiles. I think that's true. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah. But the thing about it, I saw video footage of it, and Karen's V-Skill is really slow to start up. Yeah, I so, saw that too. I mean, I saw her erase a Ryu fireball, and Ryu was free to move before Karen was mm. from the recovery of it. So I, I just don't think it's going to be, look, I don't think it's going to be, like, a great anti-projectile. It's just a happens to work as an anti-projectile kind of thing. So. Yeah, I think it works against no uh, normals and other stuff, too. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just projectiles. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah. But um, funny thing about it, though, is that, I mean, all the jokes about Blonde Fighter 4, I mean... Yeah, I don't know, I don't know why that's keeping up. That seems so strange, right? <laughs> is that just a coincidence, you think? Did it just... Uh, yeah, I feel like it probably is a coincidence, but at the same time, I'm surprised that nobody on the team caught it right right it just seems strange my my favorite is still um li joe like someone tweeted to li joe was like before yuri and rips off his suit he's blonde i think that was sanchez <laughs> oh was it sanchez yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. so you know maybe maybe, maybe necro was blonde before the experiment <laughs> God. What about that? Hey, his girlfriend is blonde. There you go. Maybe so she got experience yeah. what she did, and maybe she got the same things. Yeah, exactly. So, dude, what if, what if, what if Necro wasn't in the game, but Necro's girlfriend was in the game, and she stretched and attacked and stuff? Awesome. Like that? that would, I would, that would actually be kind You'd of. You'd be sick. down with that. I, I would yeah. be, I would be mad because it's a, it's a stretchy character, right? Okay. So all my hatred towards Necro really comes from the fact that I, I hate stretchy characters, right? So when Necro was in 3, I was like, oh man, you better bring back a stretchy character. So um, if they made her a stretchy character, I'd probably be frustrated in the end anyway. Because she'd probably turn out to be super good. Well, it's been a while since the stretchy character's been good in a Capcom well, game. So here's the funny thing, right? In all of the Street Fighter games, so this is why, like, Dalsum, Blanca, and Honda are always, like, the characters that I would mind the least if they didn't come back. But those three characters have always either sucked or been way too good. And it's just because their character archetype is so hard to balance. I know I've mentioned this like 7,000 times on, on, on the show. But, it's, I mean, just the way that they're designed, it's really hard to balance them. The reason why I wouldn't mind seeing them come back in Street Fighter V is because they've definitely taken a lot of liberties on the characters. So I could totally imagine uh, Blanca not having a one-frame Blanca ball anymore. You know what I mean? So they would come up with something kind of tricky with him. So there, it seems like they're willing to stray a little bit from the yeah. standard archetype. Like if Honda came back he could be totally different. Like, I could totally see them changing Honda up to a completely different character. So so I wouldn't mind seeing a lot of those guys come back. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, 
A- any other thoughts on Karen? Yeah, like they they talked about how there was going to be characters who've come who haven't been back for a while, and they're all they're all from Alpha. Right. Every single one: Nash, Birdie, Mika, and Karen are all from Alpha. In fact, someone took the default Alpha three character select screen, and not counting Balrog, Juni, and Julie, who are hidden characters, right? They marked which characters were in four and five. I saw this. And Sodom was the only character who hasn't come back. I saw that. I was yeah. like, I'm so sad. Yeah. Because <laughs> I like Sodom. Yeah, same here. <laughs> but it wasn't going to be somebody from, like, Super Turbo, because all those characters right, were just right. in four. Three. Yeah, three is the one that's that's getting left out. Yeah, yeah three, I feel like, Street got kind of screwed a little bit. Unless, hopefully, maybe they count Alex not as one of those characters that hasn't been back in a while because he was in Tatsunoko versus Capcom or Capcom Fighting Jam or something like that. Same with Urien, I guess. Yeah. Jam. Oh, that's right. He was there as well. So, like, I don't know. Like, to me, Street Fighter 3 seems highly neglected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I've talked about it before. I'm not a big fan of the characters, or whatever. But I even think that that's wrong. Like I, I was certain, Alex. Like, like in deep in my heart, I was like, Alex has to be one of the characters that's coming back. Like I would have bet, I would have bet good amount of money on Alex coming back, and I would have lost a lot of money unless. Well, we'll see. I guess. Yeah. But at this point, I feel like his role is, is taken. You know, like, uh, I, I feel like, yeah, especially uh, now that they've said Nikali is a charge character, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's Alex. Yeah, um, I guess it's true, huh? Because he's command throw. Command throw and, and sort of charge-based pressure, right. and whatever. Um, but even on top of that, like, several characters have command grabs, a bunch of characters are pressure characters. Mm-hmm. Like, Alex's role, I feel like, is already, <laughs> is already well taken, so... Someone says he's blonde. <laughs> yes. So that's a Good plus evidence. for him. <laughs> it is. It makes it's it more likely. And I don't know, I just I, I'm hoping to see more out of Karen that disabuses me of the idea that she just is uh, a, a sort of rush downy frame trappy. Yeah, that she character. seems the, very much the same as yeah. a few of the other characters in the cast. I don't think that's the case for for all the SF4, uh, five characters at all. I think some of them are very unique, right. which I really like. Mm-hmm. It's not just Rashid, but it's some other some of the others too. And what they did with Ryu to make him more interesting, great Bison, more interesting again. You right. know, I feel like that's really good. Um, yeah, see, I even thought Chun Li was like even the prototype cool for that, stuff. but it, she's not. Like yeah. from what I discovered, and that's the reason why I don't like Cammy so far because yeah. she is the prototype of that close-up, I'm-in-your-face frame-trap kind of character. Yeah. So she's like kind of the theme of Street Fighter. That's why I've told everybody, she's like she seems like the best character to start. Like if you're new to the game, Cammy actually feels like the best character to start with, to be honest with you, because she's going to teach you all of the Street Fighter V fundamentals. You know, whereas, like you said, a lot of other characters have cool things, like Ryu has the dungeon mode. Yeah. Even her V-trigger is not even that interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, but I, I feel like Karen is seems like she's very much in that mold, and it's it's sort of disappointing to me that the interesting part of her, which was the Rekka series, uh-huh, right, uh-huh. that that is now sealed off behind V Trigger. Right. I don't I, know how often that's going to come up. Although I did hear from it might have been from K Brad or PR because obviously they were in Japan when she was revealed and they yeah. got to see her and everything. But they said the V Trigger meter apparently lasts a really long time after you activate it. So after you activate it, maybe maybe your whole goal is to get into that mode. So you play her by trying to land this thing all day so you can get into it. And that would actually be kind of cool. 
Like if they actually made it so that her normal mode was kind of weaker, but her like Rekka mode is kind of OD, you know okay. what I mean? That could be an interesting That'd be more interesting character. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, other thing that, you know, we kind of hinted at, we mentioned it very briefly, but along with yeah. the announcement of Karen, they also had another announcement that, in my opinion, was kind of a bigger deal than Karen. And that is because nobody knew it was coming. Right. And it's a really, it seems like a really huge, important thing. And that was the Capcom Fighting Network, the CFN, as they called it. Yeah. Logo and name pending. <laughs> That's a little asterisk. That's awesome. Next to it. <laughs> but um, yeah, apparently they're working really hard to develop this really huge online network and the pictures which also had the asterisks not final blah 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 you know um you know showed like a world map and they showed where battles are taking place and like where some of the hotbeds are and everything like that and if they can tie that into the esports aspect of street fighter so that it'll even highlight tournaments where they're happening and like show all these things and you can like just see matches happening in an area and go hey i feel like watching this or collecting stats. I mean, I've always said that the online experience in fighting games have all been crappy. Because it's like, let's go to a lobby. Yeah. Let's do ranked. Right. Let's just play somebody. And it's like, it's not, an, it's not an experience. And if Capcom Fighting Network is like stat collecting, does all the stuff, shows more things, like picks rivals for you, like who are certain skill levels and stuff like yeah. that. Like that, that to me could mean the difference between Street Fighter V going, oh, okay, that's cool, a new fighting game, and this is the most amazing thing ever. Okay. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, let's face it, how, how mean have we been to to Mortal Kombat for screwing up the PC launch and for having shitty online code, right? Yeah. We've been pretty brutal to them. And that's true. Any game that has that problem, we would be that brutal too. Sure. So if Capcom was able to do a good job with the netcode and create this great online experience, that to me is super important. I hear you. I hear you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly with, with MK, I was hoping that a lot of that sort of similar stuff would come in once they mm -hmm. announced how their online was going to work before it actually was playable. Um, you know, we knew that there was going to be like faction battles and, and right. sort yeah. of all, and all these things where you had to play against the towers that changed all the time <laughs> and it sounded like there was a lot of stuff that could keep you hooked that was uh -huh. not in other games mm -hmm. and then it turned out that the online was so bad that it didn't matter <laughs> yep um so uh, it's probably not gonna be the case with, with sf5 but it's certainly uh it's been a problem for other games so hopefully yeah. they learn from that i mean it sounds seems like they have it sounds like they're trying to do a lot of things actually um that I guess they're learning from a lot of past mistakes, right? There's two things. One I just remembered from what you said, and I can't remember what it was now because that's how old man brain works. But uh, one of the things that, that Matt Dahlgren apparently mentioned in an interview, he's like, there will be no on-disc DLC. Right. <laughs> Which I like because someone responded to me on Twitter was like, what a great way to win favors from people by doing absolutely nothing different. <laughs> than not really changing anything. Because yeah. it's true, you're just doing what you're supposed to do, and whether it's on disc or not, who cares? But, yeah, well, yeah. You know, because it's just going to be the same way, but right. it still makes it sound that much better. It does, yeah. It's a nice, <laughs> a nice PR aspect to that. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Considering for what sure. happened with Street Fighter Cross Tekken, yeah, obviously. Yeah, and we saw what happened. That 
was that and the timeouts probably killed Cross Tekken more than anything. Yeah, I know a lot of people, in fact, aren't you one of them who thought that the 2012 ended up being pretty good, but the previous version of the game where they, the DLC problems and stuff just threw it off for you? Well, that and other things. Other, other things, things okay. yeah, yeah. Other okay. things about Cross Tekken oh, I wasn't into all that much, but oh, I remember the other thing now that I wanted to mention about Street Fighter V. They actually said, although they haven't announced when, but the next beta section is going to be cross-platform. Yes, that's right. That's right. We know it's going to be in the fall. Fall's pretty close. Now. Well, actually, isn't it now? Yeah, it was like yeah, 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 that's true. Um, that's true. So sometime in the near future, presumably. And some of these sort of beta runs that they have had have been very little in the way of warning. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah, the, like, all right, here it is. <laughs> yeah, like the first official beta was like they announced it a little bit uh -huh, in advance, uh -huh. but then after that, when they were like doing the fix them up beta afterward, uh -huh. uh, it just happened. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if it'll be very quick like that. I don't know. We'll have yeah, to see. I mean, I feel like it was quick like that because remember a lot of people, I think what they had forgotten is that when they update the game, the PlayStation 4 downloads it for you automatically. Uh -huh. So a lot of people were just like, wait a second, I just got a new download. Let me turn it on and see what happens. And some people got in like randomly and I think they were probably like, oops. Hey, guess what, guys? <laughs> yeah, okay. Come and play. It kind of did seem like that, I guess. <laughs> so hopefully they announce it a little bit more. But the cool part about it is, in my opinion, the main aspect of it is now PC players get to play the beta. And I think that's exciting because a lot of people are planning just to get the game on PC. Sure. And, uh, Especially I, with that announcement that it's 45 bucks if you pre-order it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't it's see on, that. It's on, I'm sure you can, you can find the news story yourself. Oh, but okay, cool. Yeah, 45 cool. bucks if you pre-order for PC. So, Dang. yeah, it's definitely, it seems like a good deal. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting it myself. Um, just to try it out, yeah. and I don't know, I feel like I should... I mean, I'd get it for both platforms anyway, but I mean, yeah. I guess I, I guess it, maybe it's not even as necessary now, because I used to get multiple platforms, because just in case I had people want to play me on one console or the other, I could play both, yeah. and I could support yeah, them, yeah, but yeah. now it doesn't even matter, right? That's true, I guess. So, yeah. Especially if this Capcom Fighting Network thing turns out good. God, I mean, like, I don't want to, like, hype myself up and, like, get, raise too much expectations, but... The thing about it is I tweeted this as well, and I have no basis for this. I have absolutely zero. This is one of those James Chen speculation, you know, complete no basis theory comments, but I just feel like a lot of it has to do with Matt Nidell and Peter. It seems like Really it. doing a good job and really getting them to understand the esports side of things because Japan so far has not had a good history understanding esports really all that well. And so I feel like they have a lot to do with it. Whether or not they do, I'm sure all three of them are doing awesome stuff. And I just feel like yeah. ever since they've gotten more into the control, more in the power with the CPT, the Sony deal, and now Street Fighter V and everything, the way that Combo Fiend demos the game with Mike Ross yeah. and everything like that, I just feel like the, the Capcom USA office has a lot to do with why I'm so excited about Street Fighter V. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's all I have for Street Fighter V. Uh, do you have anything else you wanted to add? Not about SF5. Okay. So uh, we've got a ton of events. We to do. Talk. Do you want to take a break first? We should do that. Okay. We should do that. We'll talk about the Fall Classic and Saigon Cup and uh, TGS and Dreamhack <laughs> and a whole bunch of stuff. 
when we come back. It's, Two weeks of events. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna try to keep it quick. All right. This okay. we can't be taking forever on this. Okay. All right. Be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Tuesday show. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, so we do have a bunch of tournaments to talk about. It's Big getting back too. into a busy yeah. season. Yeah, and we've sort of missed it a little bit. So. There's a bunch of stuff. <laughs> There's a bunch. Yeah, so two. let's start with the, the, the two weekends ago. Yes. And uh, the big event that weekend was the Fall Classic, of course, run by uh, L.I. Joe, uh, Shin Blanca, and um, Big E, the three uh, three of the biggest East Coast T.O.s. Indeed. They collaborate together for that. And uh, lots of people went out to this event, so... Uh, really, really crazy results going on here. Yeah, so, uh, in Ultra Street Fighter 4, we're just going to go in the order that listed here. Okay. Tied for 7th place was Pi Smug and K-Brad with Cammy. Okay. Smug, of course, using Dudley. Indeed. Tied for 5th, 801 Strider using Abel. Okay. And uh, Brent is Cool from SoCal using Rufus. Shout out to Brent. Uh, fourth place, E.G. Ricky using Elena, Rufus, and Chun-Li. Mm -hmm. Uh, third place was BOTB Tampa Bison. Shout out to Tampa Bison. With That's M Bison. Awesome. Honestly, I was rooting for him just because I wanted Bison. Wouldn't have been Honestly, sick I of, was too. If Bison won a tournament this late, he'd be like, yes, I just got it in there. You know I mean? I, like, I think Gagapo won a tournament. Oh, did he? Oh, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. But second place and first place, same two people who were top two at the first attack Puerto Rico tournament. But this time swapped around. Dominion with Guile, Yomi Dominion in second place. First place, RB Red Bulls Snake Eyes. Yeah. How much of that did you watch? I watched quite a bit of it, I would say. <laughs> what did you think? It was really good. I mean, it was, there's a lot of really good uh, gameplay. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think back to it now because it's been a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it's but I really liked it. Some interesting names that didn't quite make it to top eight. So ninth place, Knuckledoo, Chris G, Alex Vai, and you know who was tied with them? Yeah. Flocker. Flocker's good at Street Fighter. Yeah. He's uh -huh. good. Like I played him oh, I played him in Wasted CVS two one time. And he used like that was his game. Like Wasted he was CVS two. No, I mean he, he was CVS two was his game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh -huh. and so like he definitely like he knows how yeah, to play yeah, yeah. CVS two uh -huh. Street Fighter. Like uh -huh. it's not a mystery. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, but well, that's pretty cool. thirteenth uh, place was also Alucard. Uh, Yo and two Yomi players, Shin Phoenix and uh, Joel and Damdai got 13th place as well. Nice. With the but um, yeah, so you know, it actually makes me kind of happy to see this because in my mind, I still feel like I mean, obviously Knuckledoo's up there, but Knuckledoo's kind of dropped off a little bit of lately. Rough stretch. But you know, we've always been talking about who the best U.S. players are. And to see Dominion and Snake Eyes get first and second two tournaments in a row, being 1-1 against each other at those events. And Snake Eyes coming from loser's bracket in this one, by the way, um, to beat Dominion. I just think that's... I, I, I'm, I'm glad to see, because I, I honestly think those are two of the strongest players in the United States. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're two of... Two of the best chances we have against foreign territory. Uh, obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about that once we get the TGS next week, because Snake Eyes was there. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, no, super happy to see those guys con constantly duking it out. I feel like it's forming kind of a nice, neat little rivalry. It's cool. East Coast, West Coast, Wednesday Night Fights versus NLBC, yeah, right. you know, this kind of thing. So it's very, very cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I was rooting for Tampa Bison, even though 
like obviously Dominion and Snake Eyes are my friends and Snake Eyes and SoCal <laughs> and Place Beef like all those things yeah, but I just uh-huh. I was really happy for Tampa Bison because yeah. he's such a good player and and uh, I feel like since I don't know he's certainly had good placings before but he's had he's had a few really good ones over the past few months so it's cool yeah, he made it into winners finals he knocked Snake Eyes to losers bracket I believe it was 3-0 I think you're right about that I think he beat him 3-0 but then I think in losers finals Snake Eyes came back and beat him 3-0 as a, oh 3-1 he beat him 3-1 so uh, Snake Eyes definitely figured something out so but yeah, very, very uh, cool to see those guys placing high all the time. Like yeah, man. Said, two of my favorite players. Agreed. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that in a, in later on because I really wanted to talk about something that was brought up after TFC. Okay. But uh, before we go there, let's keep going with these results here. Mortal Kombat X, seventh place was CFAS The Magician, tied with Yomi Saltface. Fifth place was Yomi MIT, tied with Hitbox Tyrant. Yeah. Uh, fourth place was CR Sonic Fox. And third place was Yomi Slayer. Second place, Yomi DJT. And first place, Yomi Forever King. <laughs> That's how it goes. That's how it yep. goes. Shout out to King. He's won a couple of majors now, the last couple of majors, in fact. And, and so he's definitely turned the corner from always being good, definitely, mm-hmm. to... Um, you know, he's been the most consistent tournament player over the past couple of majors. Mm-hmm. Not easy to do in a, in a scene where the, that sort of shifts around a lot. And oftentimes it's just among the same sort of 10, 10-ish players, more or less. A lot of them are Yomi. Sonic <laughs> Fox is in there. It's basically Yomi, Yomi versus five, CR, which is Sonic Fox. And five Yomi. out of the top eight. Five out of the top eight, and there was two more in the next nine place spot so right. the next four spots so basically out of the top 12 there was seven yomi players so i think they've got the game on lock pretty yeah much, they're, they're so. doing pretty well they're doing pretty yeah. well it was yeah. cool to watch though forever king um you know who he took it with you know who he won the tournament with it was goro wasn't it it was goro that's goro right yeah. was the nail in the coffin <laughs> he didn't get to grand finals with right, goro, right, okay right. but he when djt went to sub-zero his counter pick was Goro. Interesting. And he won with it. Interesting. Goro's good. Goro's, Goro's good. So Believe good. it. Goro's so good now. So, and I heard like in the recent patch they expanded the time that you can actually uh, meter burn the punch walk. They did. Well. I tried it. It's, it's easy now. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's super easy to hit yeah. confirm. Okay. Okay. It was always easy to confirm, but you had to press it after the fourth hit before. Oh, <laughs> you pressed yeah, it in yeah, the yeah, second yeah. or third hit, wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how much of it did you watch, the top 8 at I TFC? think I watched all of it. How did Tyrant do? Tyrant did awesome the first game he was in top 8, and uh-huh. then he went up there against, I believe, Slayer, uh-huh. and just got ripped to shreds. Ugh. Now Ripped up, I'm like four straight rounds. Dang. Because I know those two bad. probably played each other a lot in SoCal. The Slayer's from SoCal, right? They used to. I'm not sure if... I'm not sure how that is now. I'm not sure if like they're cool because I I know some people are not happy that Slayer like switched over to. Atlanta. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, you know, if Tyrant's on it or if he cares about that at all. But um, hey, some but... people some people are down with that. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well. Um, okay. You want okay. Move on to the next game Let's here. Okay. So seventh place in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three was Corn LOD Iconic. Uh, and Zebu, so Iconic using Wolvie, Dorm, Strange, Zebu using Zero, Doom, Dante, 
Fifth place was Control Unknown with Wesker Sentinel Viper and Set Wesker Sentinel Doom and Wesker Doom Virgil. And uh, Scamby with Wesker Nemesis and Chris. Yep. Fourth place was Takumi, who, I, where's he now? He's in SoCal now, Indeed. right? So he's been traveling a lot uh, from Japan with Magneto Doom Virgil. Third place was Anbu KPB LV LG HB Punisher. Okay, some <laughs> initials in there. And coincidentally, he also uses MODOK, MODOK. <laughs> okay. uh, Hawkeye Rocket Raccoon. Second place. Noel. Nice. Noel be hungry with Wolvie Doom Phoenix. First place, uh, NY Chris G, Morgan Doom Virgil. Yeah. It's actually a really, really strong tournament. Noel's really been playing very well recently. In fact, he knocked Chris into loser's bracket. Yep. And uh, Chris had to come back in winners and take that. Right. So Noel made it all the way to winners finals, grand finals in the winner side, but uh and I remember in the first set, if I'm not mistaken, because it was two weeks ago, and obviously we can't remember that far back. Oh no! Okay, he got he got bodied. Oh three. Okay. So um, yeah, I mean it was one of those weird situations, I guess. This is like sometimes when you get to winners finals, you kind of sit there for a while. You know, I wonder if Noel thought about it too much or something like that. But uh, Chris G takes another tournament, so it feels like he's getting back in there. Yeah. And, and and he's also been talking about a lot how like every tournament he goes to, he gets like at least five or six top eights like in the he's good dude, so he's a good player easy. yeah um, you know what i you know what i like about marvel now um you know i mentioned that i sort of am getting back into it because mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. become a more interesting game i feel mm -hmm. and part of that is that it seems like people are really figuring out other characters and teams yeah in a way, in a way uh -huh. that, that had died for a while it seemed like for a while you know at the start everybody was experimenting it was all cool yada 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 mm -hmm. and then there was this intermediate era where it was it just seemed like it was a lot of the same it was virgil zero it really virgil seemed like zero it. doom yeah and that's all it was kind of at one point yeah. not on that team but no, obviously but those just characters. those characters yeah yeah but it doesn't seem like that so much anymore doom is still in a lot of that top yeah, eight but yeah but used in different ways and mm -hmm. in very different teams and there are bizarre characters up there that are good and that people have said are like maybe top 10 since like the game came out but yeah that nobody nobody actually was like the real raccoon <laughs> or like the real modok right. until like i mean so look, it took a while which is cool only now seven only seventh place had a zero player zebu and ninth and it's not that there weren't good zero players flocker was there in ninth place with a zero as well he's won in evo Although people did joke that he placed higher in Street Fighter than he did in Marvel. <laughs> but um, it's funny because one of the things I said about Marvel is that I've always felt like there's so much more to discover about the game, but I just didn't think any of it was going to beat Virgil or Zero teams. And that actually is starting to seem less true. Yeah. And I mean, I know a lot of people say one of Virgil's biggest weaknesses is incoming. Right. He's very vulnerable, so I think a lot of people have learned to take advantage That's of that true. and stuff. In fact, there was this recent video that um, Cane Blue River and somebody else put out where they'll do the TAC infinite and kill someone, and when they kill them, they cancel them to fly. So they never actually go into neutral state. Yeah. And then they hit the incoming character, and then they can keep the infinite going. Right. And that could be really bad news for Virgil, to be honest with you. So yeah, if you man. can develop some good mix-ups, Virgil, who has no way to escape that situation, could be really, really screwed by that technology. So. I'm sure somebody will find cool stuff for some characters. Kind of sucks for some because you can't call assists while you're doing some of the mm -hmm. things that require that let you still be in. Right, right. And, uh, 
infinite mode, but mm -hmm. some characters can, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alright, so uh, Dead or Alive, always a big event at a lot of the tournaments that Big E runs. That's true. And, and uh, Shin Blanc, I should say, so both of them usually have it. Yeah. Uh, seventh place was Gruff with Lisa, and Restless Tick with Ayane and Hitomi. Fifth place was Lucky Lo Lucky Loop with Kasumi and Genfu, as well as Zakurai with Hayabusa and Jan Lee. Fourth place, Sonic Fox with Marie Rose and Rachel. Third place, R.I.G. Crazy Steady, Jackie, Rachel, Sarah, Helena, and Christy. Good work. Jack of all trades there. Second place, Excalibur Blades with Helena and Elliot. And first place was R.I.G. Quiggle with Christy. Shout out to that family. Yeah. They're the best. So Quiggle is the is Sonic Fox's brother? Older brother. Older brother. Okay, okay. There you go. Uh, it's interesting that Sonic Fox... Has Sonic Fox ever placed higher than Quiggle in a, in a DOA tournament? Yeah, I think I heard about him beating his brother once, but I think that okay. usually does not happen. Okay. <laughs> Guilty Gear Exerd Sign. Seventh was Bla Blake and White with Soul Bad Guy and Pack Strife with Eno. Fifth place, VR Raiden with Soul Bad Guy and TSB Minus with Eno. Fourth place was MOB Princess Slim with Bedman. Third place, BZB Chips Enough. Thir second place, Team Spooky Nerd Josh with Elfelt. Yes. And first place, Team Spooky Lord Knight with Milia Rage. Nice one. Yeah, and it's interesting because I know um, Nerd Josh has been saying like he's always stuck in this like this third place curse or something like that. He keeps getting higher and higher, just a little bit, little bit. So, you know, um, hopefully he'll be able to get, take his first Exeter tournament be soon. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. I watched some of that just because of Josh, and it was cool, actually. I really enjoyed watching it. Oh, okay. I, mi I missed the whole thing, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. I don't that, have any so. good insight for you, unfortunately. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Killer Instinct, seventh place, was Vengeance NS with Saberwolf. Tempo New York Chris G with Saberwolf. And apparently, fifth place was Tempo New York Chris G with Saber Wolf. Wow, so, good job, Chris. Uh, so, yeah, somehow he got fifth and seventh. Uh, fifth was Yomi Jago Blake with Jago. Fourth was Nikki NS with Fulgore. Third, Toner, Tonerix, Tonerix Skate NS with Jago. Second was UA Bass with Spinal. And first place, F3 Hollywood Sleep with Conrad. Nice. Yeah. I really like watching Sleep. Uh, Blaze Brew, Chrono Phantasma Extend, uh, I'll just do top four here. Okay. Nitro Noodles with Carl in fourth, Peter C with Ragna in third, Lost Ark Jin with Jin and Ragna, and TS Lord Knight with Lychee, Valkenhayn, and Izayoi. Good work. Uh, Tekken Tag 2 was Sword of Dios in fourth with Anna and Lily, NG Obscure, Bruce Elisa, as well as Elisa and Wang. Uh, second place was Ace Unlimited with Jun and Jin. And first place was It's Peeling with Xiaoyu and Lei. And uh, Soul Calibur 5. Uh, top 4, Sword of Dios with Utroclos. Uh, Suspenser with Maxi, Shiba, and uh, Yoshimitsu. Second place was Wind with Mitsurugi. And first place was Fusion with Patroclos. And again, every time it's one of these East Coast tournaments, they play like every single game. Yeah, which is cool. Under the sun. Sounds right. Uh, Undernight Inbirth. Fourth place was Argon Ross with Waldstein, Minus with Merkava. Second place, Sonic Fox with Carmine. And first place, Soul Chris with Gordo. I did see a little bit of that one. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Soul Chris played really well. King of Fighters, fourth place was, speaking of, Soul Chris with Duolon, uh, Mr. Karate, and Benny Mario. Kind of, 
You know, I really wish Chris G would play Under Night and Birth. I feel like he'd be super good at that game. Yeah, he would be if he wants to be. <laughs> Third place was uh, EX Kyo, Mr. Karate and Vice, played by apparently nobody. Nice. Uh, second place, again, Soul Chris. Okay, this, this results are starting to All get right, a little on, sketchy folks. here. First place was Tempo New York Chris G. With Mature King and Benny Maru. Alright. Super Smash Wii U was won by uh, Fatality with Captain Falcon. Melee was won by Twitch with Fox. Okay, so good the work. entire company of Twitch has won with Fox. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's TFC. Um, okay. Anything else you wanted to add to that? Uh, always a fun tournament. I saw they had an awesome arcade room again. Yeah. So. Shout out to Snake Eyes for winning it two years in a row. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So it wasn't a premiere event this year, though. No. So Snake Eyes does not get auto-qualified. Although I heard he's 10th on the list. So he's he's pretty settled I think in. he is qualified by points. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, points. that's what I read. Yeah, if he's 10th on the list, for sure. Because, like, 6 of the top 10 are already auto-qualified. Yeah. So there's going to be 15-point qualifiers. So he should be good to go. So. Um, anything else from that weekend? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, okay. Saigon Cup. So Saigon Cup was a Capcom Pro Tour Asia qualifier where right. the winner gets there. Street Fighter Eighth, 4. Yeah. Seventh place was KOK with Sagat and YBK Shiro with Abel. And dude, oh God, I just want to do a commentary with a match with KOK because there's just the greatest pun that I wanted to do with his name. Uh. So like if someone's fighting against him, I really would have said that that person just really wants to KOK, OK, OK. All right, you know what? That wasn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> nice. Okay. I didn't think you were going there at all. I thought it was going to be completely... Uh, remember be when, I, than that, when, I did, when I did the Madden thing, remember what everyone was disappointed that I actually didn't draw, you I know, what everybody yeah. else would draw. Good work, okay, dude. So Good I'm work. Not, yeah. Anyways, uh, fifth place was Gonzalez with Seth and CCG with uh, Human Bomb with Sakura. Fourth place, Tompi with C Viper. Yeah. Uh, third place, Dark Jawa with Ken. Uh, second place, <laughs> Razor Gact with uh, Fei Long and Ryu. And first place was Douyu TV Xiaohai, part, also part of Team Tremba, uh, Kwamba, with Evil Ryu, Saget, and Kami. Nice. So now he has qualified to Capcom Pro Tour Asia. Right. So he qualified for the qualifier. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which, will, which is a premier event. To qualify for that thumbs up. There yep. you go. Mm -hmm. He right. was there last year, I'm pretty sure, as well. Shaohai was, I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure Shao he was there, there, right? So, I feel yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I was there. Yeah, so Shaohai, you know, one of those players that he's either amazing or he just looks off, and, you know, I would like to see. Because, I mean, he's right. I mean, he called himself one of the best players at one point in time. And yeah. on the days that he's on, he's absolutely right. Mm, I agree. You know, the consistency, I feel like, will actually do well for him. Uh, also, then was in Dubai, in Dubai, I guess Infiltration and Big Bird faced each other uh, in Grand Finals, and I heard Big Bird won this event. Indeed. Yeah. I watched it. Oh, okay. I didn't get a chance to see any of the, the match. His ground game is just excellent. Who does he use? Guy. Really? Guy. That's so yeah, sick. he plays Guy. But he plays a very grounded guy. Um, actually, I think at the end he switched to maybe Poison okay, to okay. win it. Now I'm... Now I'm I don't remember exactly, but... Well, it looks like it says Guy, Rolento, and Poison Oh, there you go, Bunko, yeah. Infiltrations, Ryu, and Chun-Li. Yeah, but definitely Guy is the main. Um, dude, honestly, his ground game is just excellent. Like, he, like Infiltration Ryu would stand at places where 
a lot of people don't want to walk mm -hmm. anymore because mm -hmm. like you're worried about whatever button from Ryu, Fireball, you don't want to jump because Dragon Punch, etc. But he would just walk up to this range and harass with crouching strong or crouching short or stand strong or whatever and he just would be fearless about approaching. Mm -hmm. It was really impressive. You know, really you know what I'm worried about what this means now? Probably maybe another major two down the line the infiltration is going to bust out Guy in the grand finals and kill people. <laughs> maybe so. I wouldn't be too Because after, if he loses the big bird, he's like, oh, interesting character. Right. Research. And right. then now he's going to like blow everyone. Just We just need more characters for infiltration to play. Oh, jeez. That guy has too many characters. Uh, also, while we were streaming two weeks ago, they had the first Rising Thunder tournament. Just kind of wanted to, uh, f I find it interesting to point out that Filipino champ, who has been a big advocate of this right. game, has played this a lot, was like number one ranked online and stuff like that. He did take that tournament that took place at the Foundry. So Filipino champ right now, undisputed champion of Rising Thunder. It's okay. Uh, big fan of that game, using Chell yeah. as well. So probably had to defeat maybe 17 Talos's during the tournament. It's a know. pretty good bet. <laughs> They did nerf his armored moves they a little did. bit, so yeah, so hopefully it'll be a little bit different. But yeah, that was two weekends ago. Well, there's one more that I wanted to talk about. Sure. Um, <clears throat> which is the which is the one that I mentioned about Gagapa. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh huh, uh huh. So double KO happened in uh, France, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it w I mean it's a legit major. Like you, the list of yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, like it's not like some small thing. I I didn't I didn't get to watch it, uh -huh, but. Uh -huh. Anyway, let's talk about the results. Sure. Um, in Street Fighter 4, Starnab, 7th place, Fei Long. 7th place also, Ryan Hart, Evil Ryu, and Yun, 5th place, Kongster with Yun, <laughs> Valmaster with Chun-Li, 4th place, uh, Akainu Guile, 3rd place, Luffy Rose, 2nd place, Problem X, Seth and Viper, winner of the whole thing, and now Bison can no longer say he hasn't won a major. Gakapa Bison. Yeah, the the other there seven the other seven top players make that amazing. That's, le free, that's legit. Free. Major, yeah, dude. that is that is some high quality players there. Yes. Okay. Then Bison did There you go, Bison. Before it took three, seven years. <laughs> no, six years, but you got it. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff to Gagapa then. Awesome. I'm super glad for that then. So dude, we should like really map out Ultra Street Fighter Four and like see which characters haven't really won a major yet, you know. Not many. Because, I mean, like, obviously a lot of people talked about, like, Hugo and Infiltration bust him out or something. Yeah, like, or maybe if he picked out, like, maybe at a finals he busted out Hakan. Probably doesn't count either, you know. I, I, I kind of would like to see people who main that character, yeah, you man. know, win with that character. So, But, yeah, good stuff to Gagapa. He's really good. He pulled it off, gave Bison a victory. Yeah. I'm sure somewhere Jay Viscant is, like... Super happy about that, you know. Yeah, I think Kim1234 is mad about it. Because <laughs> it wasn't him. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, okay, good stuff. No, like I said, that is that is a high, high caliber level of group of players yeah, for there sure. for that event. So, okay. Um, do you want to jump to the next week's events? Sure. Just go for it, take a break, or just let's just, just do it. Move on through. Okay, so last weekend, also some very big events. In fact, there was a premiere event this weekend where the winner auto-qualifies. If you guys remember, last year at Tokyo Game Show, we met... The world was introduced to a person who's been playing for a while, but nobody really knew, and uh, that, that was Pepidai. Indeed. And after he won, he went on a whirlwind tour of the world. He's been all over the place and yeah. such. In fact, I think he's in Topanga B-League and such. Um, so... 
curious to see Quite what's going to happen this year at Tokyo Game Show. And this time it adopted more of a standard Capcom premiere event format, yeah. which was double elimination. It was capped, but if, 64 you, players. Yeah, if you remember, we read off the list of the pool, the pool names two weeks ago. And it was just like, like, oh, here's this grand finals match that's taking place in the first round. Yeah, like I think Fudo Dashio was a first round match. <laughs> I remember like Human Bomb had to play like someone really good. In the first, people, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. So. Um, it was a it was a good tournament. You know, no surprise. <laughs> yeah. And and really fun to watch. Yeah. So. Let's. I mean, look at this. I mean, I'm I'm gonna go down like to the 17th places area, right? Ooh, dude, you can go lower. Let's than go to 25th place, yeah. right? So tied for 25th place, there's eight people there, right? Okay. So we have uh, Punko's there, Tokido's there, Oitajin's there, Misei's there, Hudaman is there, Inko is there. Uh. Tied for 17th place, uh, Mov is there. Pepidai is there. Wow is there. Someone told me Gachi-kun. Wow is related to minus six. Yeah, they're brothers. They are brothers, huh? Okay, okay, yeah. Gachikun is there. Itabashi Zangief. Haitani is there. Yeah. That's all under the top 16. Yeah. It was a so, good tournament. <laughs> <laughs> if we do the tie for 13th place, we have Akimo with Elena. Twiggy with T-Hawk. Kazunoko. Kazunoko with Yun. And Tonpi yeah. with Viper. Tonpi, who just got fourth place at that Saigon Cup and has been on a tear recently. Yeah, he won another tournament just recently. Yeah, uh-huh. Tied for ninth place was top eight Evo finisher, I.I. with Jury. Uh, Shimata with Ibuki. Koji K.O.G. with T-Hawk. And Razor Fudo with Fei Long. Uh, tied for seventh was Kawaguchi, Yubiken Kawaguchi with yeah. Rose. Uh, and then minus six with Poison. Uh, tied for fifth place, Avermedia Gamer B with Adon and Elena, and Mago, Mad Cat's Mago with Yang. Fourth place, Black Eye Nemo with Rolento and he busted out of DiCapri. Uh, third place, Infiltration with DiCapri, Akuma, and Gokin. Uh, second place, uh, Red Bull, freshly signed, yeah. Bonchan with Sagat. And first place, Yubiken Dashio with Seth. Or yeah. as K. Brad kept calling him, the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's the show. So, um, did you watch? I did. I watched a Me lot too. of it. Now, I admittedly, it was funny because I actually was doing a Mario Maker stage while it was going on, and I was streaming myself doing the Mario Maker, so people watching me do Mario Maker could hear Topanga going on in the background. So every once in a while, like I would be doing Mario Maker and then stop. And like the screen would just be doing nothing, and I'd just be watching. It was like, <laughs> dude, okay. it was like streamception, dude. That's like funny. you're so like you know people get mad at watching people play video games, where people were actually watching me playing a game while watching people watch. They were watching me yeah. watch video games. It was like total like this meta level. But so I, I did watch a lot of it, but I was also doing stuff at the same time. But uh, dude, so many ridiculously good matches there. There were so good. And by the way, people we didn't mention. Because they weren't on that list. Tied for a 33rd. Uh-huh. Daigo Umahara. Snake Eyes. A bunch of other people, too, who I don't recall, but yeah, I do yeah, remember yeah. those being uh -huh. 33rd uh -huh. place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Snake Eyes lost to... Um, he fought a jury player, but it wasn't I... Oh, no, it was I. It was I. Yeah, he fought I. I and he started getting closer towards the end, but he did lose to him. And then he eventually lost to Inko Rufus. So, yeah, there you go. 
in a matchup, many people have claimed Zangief wins against Rufus, but Do you, I don't think that's been true for, like... It's one of those matchups where... When, look, when one side says their character gets its butt kicked, and the other side says its character gets its butt kicked, or that they're w one big wins big time, the other one wins big time, uh -huh. I feel like it usually evens out. Yeah, It's, yeah. like, pretty even in reality. Uh, that's, 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 going all the way back to ST. Dude, like, that's the, the one I always bring, is the Balrog Dalson match. I always felt like that was one that all the Balrogs hated and all the Dalsons hated too. Like I've always seen them arguing. I remember a whole argument on the AGSF2 sure. fighting about that matchup. That makes so. sense. Yeah. yeah, but it's always been like that. So I mean, personally, I feel like it's pretty even. But um, mm. anyway. Yeah, but what did you think? So okay, so first question: What did you think of Dashio's uh, Seth? Dashio is super good. Yeah, Dashio is super good. Uh, I mean, it's not like a new thing. Like he. He has been good throughout right. SF4 um, from very early on, but I think this is the first major of this caliber that he's mm -hmm. taken, as far as I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just has all the things. You know, he has excellent spacing, love the mix-ups, the execution is there. Mm -hmm. He puts himself into the right position a lot. And Seth has a lot of mobility, but, um, you know, it's still, it's not like he is super Seth. Or right, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. very good character still. I don't want to underplay yeah, him at yeah, all, uh -huh. but um, it's not as silly as it used to be. So he, mm -hmm. he needs to play well, and he does. He really yeah. does that. I mean, that's what we always said about Punko. We felt like Seth getting kind of nerfed a little was like the Cyrax bomb getting nerfed yeah. in MK9. It kind of forced you to learn better skills with the character, and I feel like that made Punko a better player. Yeah. Probably happened a little bit with Dashio as well, but. As you mentioned, Dashio is not new. Yeah, I mean, he's like a someone. Li someone, someone listed like his accomplishments. He's been like in Topanga A League before. Like he was like placed super high at all these like really important tournaments. SBO, I think. Yeah, yeah. SBO and yeah. stuff. So, but it's just a similar situation again, where a lot of people who aren't as familiar with the Japanese players are going to be like, "Whoa, who's this sure. guy?" And it came out of nowhere. So, my second question is, do you expect? an RCAPA sponsorship for Dashio <laughs> coming up. Do you expect maybe he'll start be flown around to a lot of places? Oh, because Pepidai won last yeah, year's uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I don't know if people feel about Seth the same way. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the, the silliness of people's thoughts about Fuerte was a big reason for his getting sponsored. Right, but right. I don't know, sure, that'd be awesome. And, and sa same thing with, with Punko. I feel like he's not so much sponsored because of Seth, it's because of like his own the Red Bull and, and perfecting yeah, Daigo yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. So. Shirt but it's certainly be cool to see him more often. Yeah. Totally. Well, he's gonna be. We're gonna see him in December. Capcom Cup. Capcom qualified. Cup. Yeah, qualified now automatically in there. Uh, Bonchan has not automatically qualified. I looked that up during the the tournament. But he's pretty much a shoe in given points. I believe he's guaranteed now, yeah. Yeah, but uh, it probably, I'm sure he would have liked to have gotten in there guaranteed and, and gotten a little bit of extra money because mm. the premier events. Oh, well, actually, I don't know if the Tokyo Game Show was giving a lot of, giving out the same kind of prize money as a lot of the other events because yeah. obviously there's different laws in Japan and stuff like that. So oh, I, I don't know. I'm not okay. sure how that works. But, but yeah, the, he <laughs> is going to be a huge monkey wrench in the Capcom Pro Tour. It's great. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's great. It's good to see that character and that player getting in there. So, so with Nemo, he doesn't block. And that's like, oh, legit. Dude, you counted. You see, you see yeah. Yeah. I saw your tweet. I saw your tweet. Because whoever was commentating at the time was talking about how they were like, they played against Nemo or something like that. And 
noticed that he just never blocked, even though he won. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow, really? And I like paid close attention to it, and the next three rounds, he didn't block even one time. Well, he blocked one time. Let me phrase okay, it like that. Okay. One time. And it was against a Sakura EX Dragon Punch, and that was it. He did, he did like, wake up, stand short, because there's this weird hitbox, hurtbox interaction that goes on when he does wake up, stand short, and he's cool. And he just was flipping around, and he just never I, even I, got into a spot. It was rare that he was in a position okay, to block. Okay, okay, right. So he, the people barely even knocked him down. That's and true, stuff but like even that, still, right? when he did okay. get knocked down, he would do wake up, stand short, or he would do <laughs> uh, wake up, uh, rolls, rolls or hops, yeah, he looks off the wall, whatever. He's a hey. he's a slippery fish. Dang, that's crazy. Well, I mean, he definitely found a character that works for him in that way. Oh, Lorento yeah. suits him so well. Agreed. And one of the frightening things is that he actually apparently remarked that when he saw uh, Rashid, he was like, I think I found my character. That's cool, <laughs> awesome. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, dude, that tournament was ridiculous. There was so many good matches. It was, it was a great, 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 great tournament. Shout out once again to uh, Mad Cats for putting that on at, at Tokyo Game Show. So, okay. Good job on the commentary, folks. Uh, it was... It was Z and Mike Ross and uh, K. Brad. I forgot what it was. Z said something. I remember because people were watching me on stream. And Z said something. I just started like, like bursting out laughing. Like I was laughing so much. But uh, I can't remember what he said now. <laughs> it's kind of upsetting. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, I, I I really like K. Brad on commentary. I, I I was texting him while it was going on. Oh, really? Right, right, right. I was uh, DMing him. I guess. Okay. 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 Because um, like he hadn't. So I've taken to thinking of commentary as being a matchups thing, or like right. I'm, I'm trying to like get matched up against other commentators, and uh, I don't like his matchup against Z at all. <laughs> he gets run over by Z. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, okay, okay. So, okay. I see what you're saying. So yeah, I kept, yeah, yeah. I kept, uh -huh. I DM'd him. I was like, "Come on, dude! Like you gotta, like don't don't let yourself get like unblockable or cowed into a corner. Or <laughs> you gotta come in there, come in there, insert yourself, you know." He started doing a little bit more. Nice, but, uh, nice. You know, yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll get there. I, I really like him on commentary. He adds a lot to it, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good for job, sure. everybody there. Uh, and um, anything else to say about Tokyo Game Show before we move on to the next event? That's it, I guess. Uh, pretty big deal. Uh, DreamHack London took place this weekend as well. And I believe they said this is the first... It's either the first time that they've had Smash there. Or it's the first time that DreamHack London has had fighting games, period. I can't remember. Is DreamHack London... Isn't that a new thing? Is DreamHack London brand new? I don't know. I don't remember. I'm not sure. I mean, DreamHack has been going on in Sweden. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sweden is the time. biggest one, right? That's yeah. the main one. That's yeah. like their, their, their major one right there. So, um, But yeah, um, let's go over the results there. They actually have Melee listed there first. Okay. Um, so, uh, Reaper and Android tied for 7th. Uh, tied for 5th was Amsa with... Sh is that the same Amsa? Because he's using Sheik now? Not... I mean, that's A-M-S-A-H. Might be a different one. Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, over Triforce also with Sheik. 4th place was, was ATBT Tech with Jigglypuff. 3rd place was MYI Ice with Fox. 2nd place was West Balls. With Falco, Captain Falcon, and Fox, and first place taken was Armada, and it sounds like, oh, some people are saying it's a different AMSA. Um, but taken uh, with Armada, 
by Armada using apparently just Peach. Mm -hmm. So I know Armada has switched away every once in a while to play Fox for like Fox Dittos and stuff like that. But I mean, it's only listed as Peach, so I don't know if it was just all Peach this time. Okay. So. I watched some of that. It was cool. I, I, you know, I don't know the game super well, but it's really fun to watch. Right, so. right. Smash is, I mean, it's just kinetic. You know what I mean? It's very kinetic. So, But they also did have an Ultra Street Fighter 4 tournament there. And tied for 7th place was Rise Infectious and WSO Deku Andreas with Rufus. Tied for 5th was MD Luffy. And 5th uh, place was FA Ryan Hart. So Luffy with Rose, obviously. Ryan Hart with Sagat, Ryu, and Evil Ryu. 4th uh, place was Pro Fluke with Fuerte. Yeah. Yep. 3rd place was YP Valmaster with Chun-Li. Second place right. was Afi or Afi with Poison. And they were saying Afi. Afi, okay. And first place, KIG Problem X with Sea Viper and Seth. Man, shout outs to Pro Fluke. He beat Reinhardt and he beat Infectious and I believe he beat Luffy, but you might want to check the match log because okay. now for some reason I'm not sure even though I. <laughs> Definitely uh, saw it. <laughs> let's see here. Uh, Pro Fluke beat Infectious. He beat Luffy. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Do you see the score? It's 3 0. That's because his character's so good. Oh, <laughs> no, I was really happy for him. I was really happy for him. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, other than that, it was really good. I thought Problem X is, is very, very good. I hadn't seen Afi play before. The, the commentators seem to uh, imply that he had been he has been playing for a long time but okay, that he hasn't okay. had this level of success for a long time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so sort of maybe he used to but oh yeah i kind of remember hearing them say that a little bit yeah. i did watch a tiny tiny bit of okay. it so yeah um, okay okay but uh anyway he was really good you know there's a lot of talent out there i was kind of sad to see that uh, pro fluke ended infectious's run but you know it's just <laughs> it's cool yeah, yeah. shout outs for sure so um Right. He used to be a DJ player, is that so? Is that so? That, that is... Look, it's, that it's true that character character tears are real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And you definitely are handicapped to some degree by using a character like DJ. Mm -hmm. And this is in a game where the, where the bottom tier is one of the better bottom tiers. Ever. Yeah. In a fighting game. In a major game. fighting yeah. game. Mm -hmm. um, so... That's awesome, but speaking as somebody who went from using Q for a million years and only got one top eight, and then switched to Chun and got top eight a month later, <laughs> uh, it's real. It's you real. Know, I've never. I don't. I can't say I've ever entered an ST tournament with like a, a super strong character. Maybe I. I know I've used Vega in a team tournament, but not team multiplayer's tournament, but one of those team tournaments where you have to form a team of your characters, you know, and they're worth a certain amount of points and stuff like that. I remember that because I could get away with picking Vega, who was the highest point, and then have, like, Cami, Cami, and O Cami. So, <laughs> like, it oh, actually Cammy. did me really well. Like, I, I did just fine, so... But, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, using DJ like that for a long period of time and then going to a character where all of a sudden you get all these tools that you didn't have before... You learn a lot of things when you use bad characters. You're right. I will tell you that much. That's I will tell sure. you that much. Although, I mean, it can backfire. Honestly, ST Kami, I think, is probably the reason why I like hitting buttons in every fighting game that I ever play. And I've never really learned proper third strike footsies, you know. 
but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there with that. So, but yeah, so that was DreamHack London. Uh, very cool. DreamHack doing a lot of good stuff with the FGC now. Yeah. Doing a lot of good events. We're not done with this weekend's events okay. either. Uh, HTC Throwdown, which was a Smash event that took place at uh, the Foundry in Northern California. And the reason why this is really important to bring up, all right, let's, let's, let's go through the top eight here. The seventh was Winter Fox Shroomed and, S, uh, and S-Fat with Fox. Fifth place tied was uh, Mewtwo King with She, Marth, and Fox. And uh, SS Cobble with Fox and Marth. Fourth place was Drug Fox, mm. a player who's definitely making a name for himself yeah, a lot more her. now. Sheik and Marth. Third place was GC Silent Wolf Fox. Um, second place was Liquid Hungry Box with uh, Jigglypuff. First place was TSM Leffen with Fox. And the reason why this is significant is because players such as Tempo Axe were in like in ninth place. Hugs. Pew Pew U tied for 13th place. Not listed in this top 16 is Mango. Yeah. Who was at this event. Yeah. And got beat pretty early. Okay. I heard he lost to Mac D. Uh, I heard. Who was the other one he lost to? Might have been Drugged Fox. Didn't he lose to Drugged Fox? That's I think I it was. I think it was Drugged, Fo Drugged Fox. Now, a lot of people were talking about this. They're like, it's really crazy because, like, Smash has always been that game that's legit had the gods, right? The five gods, and then Leffen kind of gotten in there. And now Mango's not doing so well, and a lot of some of these other players aren't necessarily like it's, they're losing to a lot of the the up and comers and other people who have been there forever and just been playing a lot. Yeah. And I tweeted this out. I said, "What's happening with the melee scene right now is wonderful, because they're losing that dominance of the top player." Uh -huh. And the other players are showing how hungry they are and right. showing how much that they're practicing. And the playing field is evening up. And that is only a good thing. Because a yeah. lot of those gods, they can't be complacent anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And now it is turning more like a Street Fighter Four tournament where it's like, well, pick the names. Who knows who's going to be in top right. eight? And I think that will only make the melee scene stronger. Because if you have these guys enter all the tournaments and they always get top four or whatever like that, eventually, I mean, it's cool because you get to see these guys play all the time. You always want to see, like, Djokovic versus Federer at the end of a, okay. of a tennis tournament or something like that. But at the same time, predictability kind of hurts it a little bit. And to have more players getting in there and some more upsets, I think that's super, super cool. You feel like part of that's because of the explosion of the scene over the, over the past couple few years yeah there's so many more players who, who are taking the game seriously over the past couple of years some of them are going to be really talented yeah and, and not only that but i also feel like it's because i mean i think the smash players have had more legit sponsors out of all the fighting games mm. than any of the other ones and so i think some people i mean a lot of these smash players are legit making a career out of this now so I think that there's just something for a lot of these Smash players to strive for. Cool. I hope so, it keeps up. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so that was the big deal with the HTC Throwdown, of course. Was Man, just, doubles was won by Mewtwo King and Hungrybox. It's a pretty, pretty legit a, team. It's a cheap team. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Second place, Leffen and MACD. Third place, PPU and SFAT. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of Smash, last night, in fact... 
Um, in Japan, there was an Umabura FAT Japanese Smash 4 tournament. Significant because uh, I, I believe it's three. I'm not sure if that, they were the only three. They were the only ones I saw on stream. Three American players went out to this event. Okay. And that was Nairo, Ally, and um, who was the last one? Uh, where is he? Vinny, Vinny actually, who did super well at the um, at the event that took place in Ontario recently. Hmm. Uh, I forgot the name of it, um, but so they flew over there and fought in this Japan tournament, and it was really interesting because Smash has always been kind of a Western Hemisphere dominated game, right? You have like in Melee, it's always been Armada, and now Leffen in the U.S. and like. The Japanese players are always trying to, you know, get in there with Amsa and Flash and a few other guys. This tournament, like, dude, the Japanese players are really good at Smash 4. Cool, that's good. <laughs> they are really, really good. And in fact, uh, Vinny got tied for ninth place. Ally got tied for seventh. Okay. Uh, Nairo did, in fact, win the tournament. So okay. seventh was Ally and Sakasaka. Uh, fifth place was Edge and 9B. Fourth place was Kirihara. Third place was Choco. Uh, second place was Komorikiri. And first place was Nairo, Nairo with Zero Susama. So he did take the tournament. But there was some really ridiculous play. And obviously the one that stood out for me was 9B. Because he was using Ryu. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It was cool? I didn't see. <laughs> Ryu feels like that character now that you just don't want to get touched by him. Because Sick. it just it's just gets scary. Because like he would hit someone and while in the air, you know how tilt up um up punches he does the close jab. Yeah. He would do close jab, close jab, uppercut. Like he was doing low short, low short, uppercut and Sick. stuff like this. So it was okay. like combos. <laughs> like he was doing combos and it was so sick. But Ryu I mean the Ryu looked really scary and it was just really cool to see a really strong That's Ryu. Awesome. And okay. it, it's just really cool to see that, you know, at in Japan that they are playing the game so strongly and that they are legit competition. I believe it was one of them. It was Nairo or Al it was Nairo or Ally or Vinny. One of them I saw a tweet was like, man, these Japanese players are like straight legit at this game. That's awesome. Like they are super good at this game. That's cool. So, I'm really happy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, Abadongo did got top eight at Evo, yeah. right? He's tied for 17th place here. He didn't use Pac-Man, he used Rosalina and Luma, so maybe he switched characters okay. or something like that, but yeah. And the other thing that a lot of people were pointing out is that ever since Diddy kept getting nerfed, that they felt like Sheik was kind of the best character, mm. right? And Sheik, there was enough Sheiks in the tournament, but in top eight, uh, highest was fifth place. So there's only two Sheiks okay. in fifth and seventh place, and it actually looked like Zero Suit Samus was doing a lot more damage. So Choco... Cool. Uh, the, a Japanese player was doing super well with Zero Suit Samus and I think it was either Losers Finals or Winners Finals was uh, Zero Suit Samus Mirror with yeah. Nairo and, Ch and Chaco but uh, Komo, Komo Rikiri got second place with Sonic I really like Sonic in that game yeah, Sonic it's really really annoying he's so fast in that yeah. game dude he's so fast but yeah very very cool yeah and that's right this tournament was a celebration of the first like one year anniversary of Smash Wii U so, really? I th that's what that's what it said. So, um, so Smash on the DS, maybe. Maybe, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, because it says Umabura, the first anniversary tournament for 3DS and Wii U. So they probably they probably did it for the, for the 3DS. Yeah, you're right. You're right. 
So um, the last thing that happened that I have here for okay. this weekend was uh, gosh, so many busy. Yeah, I know. <sighs> it was uh, the actually okay. this happened today. Uh, Topanga B League, Topanga B League. So there's some results now from Tuesday, September 22nd results. Okay. Um, we have uh, Ninomai Rose beating Matsuri Chun Li three to one. Pepidai Fuerte losing to again Ninomai Rose two to three. It's a very close match. Uh, Kitasenju DJ beating Kenzo Akuma three to two. Uh, Mago Yang beating Matsuri Chun Li uh, three to one. And then uh, looks like Pepidai beat Kita Kitasenju DJ three to two. Fuerte versus DJ. So, um, oh, I guess there was a little bit more here. Yeah, I remember um, it split into, there's like the, the black uh, side yeah, and the red yeah, that's side. Right, that's right, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so I think that was the black side you were talking about. Scroll up a little bit here. Yeah, that is black side. Okay, yeah. okay, so, so. So right now on the top, on the black side, uh, Yubiken Santaru with Sagat is 6-3, and three, and he's plus 3 game differential, but tied with him mm -hmm. is Kitasenju DJ with DJ. Good stuff. Six and three and plus three. Good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Third place is Pepidai right now, plus seven, but he's five and two. Ninomai is in fourth place right now with Rose, five and three, plus six. And then Misei, Mago, Ai, uh, Kenzo, Fudo, and Matsuri right now. So. All right, but then on the other side, which is the red side, I think? Yep. The red side, uh, Nishikin Blanca beat Kawaguchi Rose three to one. Uh, Pugera Ibuki beat uh, Shiro Abel, uh, and it was interesting, during Tokyo Game Show they were saying that MOV is considered the best Ibuki in Japan now. Okay. So apparently he's surpassed Pugera. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, minus 6 Poison beat Kawaguchi Rose 3-2. to two. Uh, Minus 6 Poison also beat Nishiken Blanca, but 3-0. and oh. Sweet. And Hagijin Zangief beat Pugera Ibuki 3-0. to zero. Good stuff. How is that match? I think Eve is a has an advantage. Oh really? Oh okay. Okay. Cool. Out, out footsies. So. It just feels like Ibuki should be able to be good. Ah, I guess I not. Mean, she's, like I her guess. pressure doesn't really work the same way. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about she that. She has setups, yeah. but they're not like the same. Yeah, because so. also if you block the knife and she tries a vortex, mm -hmm. that's almost like a guaranteed SPD. She has to do it in really. Yeah. She has a frame perfect. Yeah, timing. exactly. Yeah, yeah. their situation. Yeah. So. Anyway, but currently the current standings on the red side are number one. Guess who? Dashio, Dashio, Yubiken, with seven and two, and he's plus nine. Nice. Second place and third place and fourth place are minus six Hagijin and Gachikun, Poison Zangief and Sagat. Uh, however, uh, minus six and Hagijin are tied at plus eight, and Gachikun is plus five. Okay. Then we've got Pugera, Kawaguchi, MDR, Sasaki, Nishiken, and Shiro Abel. Huh. In tenth place, right? How about now that? That's minus eleven. Wouldn't wow. have thought. Okay. Yeah. So of course, again, this is to get to. I, I'm. What I'm guessing is they'll probably take the winner on both sides. They'll probably play against each other. Probably do a round robin thing with maybe the top four players or something like that. Because the top two get to compete with the bottom two of last year's A League to fight for the chance to get into the A League, which is eight players. Or actually, I I think it it's an. I don't think it has to be eight because it's just round robin anyway. So the A League is is round robin that will determine the grand champion of Topanga, all streamed on Nico. Um, it's a pay per view event, so very very high level, 
high level stuff. Okay. That's all the events. Yeah. Okay. Break. Let's take a break. Okay. Still more to talk about. Yeah. Believe me. All right. We got stuff. Keeping with the theme of the show today from now. Up your sleeve, you got a brand of magic never fails. You got some power in your corner, now some heavy ammunition in your camp. You got some punch, pizzazz, yeah. Go in the house, see all you gotta do is rub that lamp, and I'll say. Oh, okay, we're back. Oh, oh, good stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay, okay. Um, anyway, I guess we're back. What's up? Let's talk about upcoming events. That's what we were just about to do. Yes. We didn't actually get to any, any uh, <laughs> events, so don't feel like you were left out at all. Right, right, right. Okay, 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 okay. So, this coming weekend, here in the United States, in Plano, Texas, is Absolute Battle 6. Yeah. Did you, I mean, I, I don't know if he lives there, but you know how there's that guy, Ernesto Lopez Jr., who like keeps making those sure. little comedy videos and stuff? He made one for Absolute Battle 6. I saw that. That's actually pretty cool. I thought it was awesome, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, yeah, like, it was really, really funny. well done. They had a video where all they were coming up with all the excuses possible. Like, oh, I haven't played this game in a long time. Yeah. Oh, you know, this is not my normal stick. I you saw know? That. So, yeah, Oh, this really is good. PS4. You know, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of funny. It was awesome. So, but that's taking place this weekend, again, in Plano, Texas. Um, it'll be streamed mostly um, mostly on Panda X Gaming, but also on Twitch.tv slash Versus Gameplay, Salty Mayhem, and Tourney Locator. And there are going to be a lot of exhibitions at this as um Yeah, the Ultra Fight Night will be going on because Panda X Gaming is there. Mm -hmm. yep. There's going to be some fun stuff. Yeah, and, and definitely want to check it out. There's one of them that just, there's like all this history. Apparently Tommy Guns yeah. was calling somebody out. And I guess it was Crackfiend who came to the player's defense. Oh. And now they got That's like why. super mad at each other. Oh. And then now I think they're playing against each other. They are playing against each other. And yeah. I wondered what the backstory was. Yeah. There you go. So apparently they're like, like legit, like, like legit shit talking going on between <laughs> these two. Okay. And so like, yeah, apparently they re like this is like they really want to be each other like this is maybe like marvel level be no it's probably not NBC probably two. not yeah. no, 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 never be NBC two, so but yeah but yeah so there you go there you go but all uh, right that's awesome a lot of pop bonuses thousand dollars for ultra street fighter 4 500 smash wii u thousand for mkx 500 for doa so definitely check that out um again that's in plano texas well one thing that i really like about it is that um Pandex Gaming, as a live broadcaster, does some cool stuff. Like, mm -hmm. he's, he's willing to be experimental about it. And this Ultra Fight Night, when he's had uh, live events that he's been at, like at uh, Texas Showdown, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, he goes out there and he's, like, the MC of it. And yeah. It's cool, man. I really wish that... that like, I, I feel like he has ideas that maybe other streams of the tournaments could yeah, pick up. Yeah, I'm, and that's why it's, it's cool. great to have all the different streamers because you build a lot of different ideas and stuff like that. Like, I still remember Level Up was one of the first ones to feature tweets on stream. Yeah. And then eventually lots of people started doing that. That's yeah, important, so, yeah. Yeah, things like that, so. If you see a good idea, take it. Um, also, uh, coming up this weekend, though I don't know if there's going to be any fighting game tournaments or events or whatever is going on, but TwitchCon is happening this weekend. In fact... I can't say what's going to happen at TwitchCon at all, because we still don't know what's happening at TwitchCon. You know, there's a whole schedule. 
yes. of events. There is a whole schedule of events. Okay, why don't we go through some sure. examples. Meet and greet one. Okay. okay, so you can meet guys like Lyric and I Am Spoon and Lol Renainai and uh, Eat My Diction One and Gassy Mexican, amongst others. Amongst others, indeed. Yes. Um, there's Gaming Lab Guild Wars. There's just shapes and beats and infernax at the indie game garage okay, okay that could okay. be interesting earn money with the amazon associates program on twitch okay talk. education about amazon.com okay. uh, apparently after all that is the welcome to twitchcon event <laughs> okay all right um, um your brand on twitch panel featuring omg lc alan clee pixel lumberjack Avalon, Star, and Shark. Yep, and then there's another broadcaster pod, too, with almost famous Loser Fruit, Pocket, Snarfy Bobo, and NL Crit. Make your charity fundraising easier. Meet and greet, too. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so, um, I can't make it. I, was, I had been considering going, but a friend of mine is getting married and so forth, so I can't, I can't get there, unfortunately. Um, I'd like to go just for sort of industry concerns and to meet and greet and do the whole handshake business. Um, but I'm not, I am not sure how the presentations are going to go, so. Oh, we'll there see. it is, there it is, okay. So meet and greet four, that's the one I was looking for. Okay. That's Team Spooky, so this is at 2.45 on okay. September 24th. Team Spooky, Maximilian's going to be there. Cosmo Wright is going to be there, okay. so there you go. Some people, some more names that we recognize. Yeah, look, I don't want to. I don't want to put too much crap on it. I just yeah, screw yeah. around. <laughs> I mean, there certainly are some worthwhile-looking uh, exhibits in there. There's an LGBT broadcaster panel. There's mm -hmm. like women in esports. There's right, a, right. a lot of stuff that sounds like it could be educational if you want to do your own streaming. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So well, I, I don't know, but we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so. it's definitely kind of a a uh, learn how to. It seems like a lot of like gather ideas for how to be a streamer, techniques for streaming, what a lot of people's strategies and stuff like that are. So there's actually probably a lot of things that we probably should be paying attention to because, you know. Another panel at 4.30 p.m. Broadcasting. It's not rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> Education on XSplit. Dude, I so want him going to John like, Oliver. I want a John Oliver mode like that. <laughs> I'll be like, you. <laughs> oh my god, it's not rocket science. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> uh, <that's funny. sighs> anyway, so that, that's this weekend. Interested yep. to hear from friends who are going about how it how it ends up going. Yep. Uh, also, a lot of events coming up in Europe mm. as well. Uh, the Call of Ragnarok wow. is taking place uh, in Oslo, Norway. At the House of Nerds. At the House of Nerds. That's so the awesome. The Call of Ragnarok at the House <laughs> of Nerds. Um, it looks like uh, the main event is going to be Ultra Street Fighter 4. Okay. Um, so this looks like it has ranking points involved nice. in there. So. You can definitely get some ranking points. There are some good players in Norway, that's oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, definitely check that out. That will be streamed. Do they have the stream information here? They do not have the stream information here. So but once again, uh, our weekly shout-out to FGC Calendar. 
tinyurl.com slash FTC calendar. Um, if they don't have the stream information listed there, then that stream information might be nowhere. I mean, seriously, they, they have so much of the information there. So, but that is taking place this weekend. Once again, Oslo, Norway. Uh, in Berlin, Germany is Helix 2015. And uh, this seems to be a, hang on a second, let me see here, information here, attendees. I want to say this is a Smash tournament. Yeah, so yep. uh, we just had DreamHack London where Tempo Westballs, for example, a California player, was out there. Apparently he's sticking around. He will be playing at this event as well. Yeah, this is Helix 2015. This will be streamed on twitch.tv slash geekygoonsquad. All one word. Okay. So it is going to, looks like it's going to be Melee singles and doubles as well as Project M singles. Nice. Okay. Yep. Uh, also coming up this weekend is EGX 2015 in UK, in the West Midlands. This is the NEC Birmingham, Pendigo Way, Marston Green, Birmingham, West Midlands, B40, 1NT, United Kingdom. They've got some long addresses out there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about how addresses are out there. <laughs> but no, that's a lot of good players who, are, who will be there from the UK and from Europe, and um, should be some good commentary over there as well. Okay. Uh, I don't have stream information, but you can go to their website at www.egx.net slash egx. Okay. Uh, and finally, there is a KO fighting game festival, which is taking place in Kuwait. Right, and this is the Capcom Pro Tour premiere event that is happening in Kuwait. This is the one that we mentioned earlier in the year when the whole list was announced. Mm -hmm. Here's the one that's that's going to be in uh, in the Middle East. Yeah. So good stuff. Definitely check them out. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you can follow information by going to twitter.com slash white tower Q8. Um, I do not have the stream information, but being a premiere event, most likely going to be on Capcom Fighters. Yes. Yeah. So definitely tune in this weekend. For a lot of good players are going there from not just the Middle East. I mentioned Big Bird before, how I think mm -hmm. he's really good. He's not the only good player in the uh, in the region, so th that'll be cool to see. But I know some players from East Asia are going as oh, well. Nice. For example, I know Shen is there, but I think there oh, will be cool. others okay. as well. Okay. Uh, I did want to mention something when we were talking about the events that we that have happened. I forgot to also mention that uh, Team Stickbug had an event. This was the event where they four flew four out of towners to this event. Like Nerd Josh was one of the guys who uh. managed to go there. Um, the reason why it wasn't mentioned, there weren't really many results. It unfortunately was not streamed, so I didn't get to see oh. much. I didn't get to see any of it. Okay. So I'm not sure exactly what happened, okay. but I think Nerd Josh did pretty well at that event as okay. well. So, um, but yeah, that did happen. I did not want to uh, miss mentioning that having taken place as well. Did we get the stream for Call of Ragnarok? Call of Ragnarok. Let me see. The stream for Call of Ragnarok. Uh, I do not see a stream listed here. Okay, well, Simpson in the chat says he believes it's twitch.tv slash rbnorway. The letters rbnorway. Okay, like rb, like Red Bull? Yeah. Okay, cool. rbnorway. Okay, cool. Sweet. So that's coming up this weekend. But uh, as for events coming up, you know, later on in the year, there's still some more news to talk about as soon as I can find the right tab. We are fully professional. 
broadcasting. It's not rocket not science. Not rocket science. Not rocket folks. science. Not rocket science. Education so. on exploit. <laughs> Dude, I as much as we've made fun of TwitchCon now, like I hundred percent should be there. <laughs> Cause I need to learn some stuff. Maybe it'll be streamed. <laughs> I don't know. Um but yes, yeah, so so upcoming news. Uh remember that when um they announced that Tekken was going to do its own like uh, Tekken 7, kind of like a like an Amco Cup kind of event. Um, well, apparently New York City has just been announced recently, so there's going to be qualifiers for this. Um, I think round one in Puente Hills here in Southern California was announced a while ago. Uh -huh. But I think they just added now, New York City is also getting one at a Dave & Buster's in Times Square on October 18th, which is a Sunday. So they get a qualifier there. Interesting. As well as, as I mentioned, uh, round one in the Puente Hills Mall in California, and that's on October 3rd on a Saturday. Okay. So remember, that is a, an $81,000 prize pool that you can be going after uh, once uh, for the King of the Iron Fist Championships right there. Okay. So, Sick. There you go. Um, also, uh, Smash is making a glorious return to MLG. Okay. Remember that Smash largely originally kind of was supported by MLG. In For fact, it was like one of MLG's main games. It was like that in Halo. This is like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, and then eventually they dropped him and Smash hasn't been back in a long time. And so apparently they're back at the 100th event in October 16th through 18th. Well, I imagine it'll be a different thing, too, because last time they were there, if you recall, Nintendo did not want to stream. Oh, did that happen? Yeah. I don't even remember that. Yeah. Okay. Well... So, like, there were tournaments, but it wasn't, like, mm -hmm. kind of a different deal. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if they're allowed to stream it and stuff like that, yeah. that just shows you how much Nintendo exactly. themselves have changed. Nintendo has know? changed. Yeah. yeah. So, that's actually really cool. Um, also, um, being run and organized by one Nicholas Going, a.k.a. Driftwood. Driftwood, a.k.a. at least in the past, the number one Fei Long on Xbox Live. That's true. I don't know, I'm not sure if he still is, but he was. I wasn't looking at you like you were lying. There was, there's no reason for me not to believe that he's the number one Fei Long in anything. That's how strong Driftwood is as a player. But the cool thing about it is Nicholas Going and uh, fellow Arizonite, Justin Bruce Van Horn, JBVH, okay. appropriately, uh, are organizing the first of uh, the first Arizona major, what they're hoping to be the first year of an Arizona major called Rewired, and that'll be taking place November 14th through 15th. I believe this is the first time you're doing it. Did they do it? It, it is. It is. Yeah. Oh, okay, so this okay. is... I talked with Driftwood on, uh, uh, well, earlier today, mm -hmm. and he was, he wanted me to mention that this is not related to previous, some kind of, in some cases, shady Arizona tournaments. You know, there have mm -hmm. been devastation uh -huh. or whatever right, that like, right, didn't right, pay right. out well. This is a community thing. It is separate. They would like to make it a bigger thing, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, they're, they're starting it out. Uh, not exactly starting it out. They have had tournament series that they've done in the past, so it's not like mm -hmm. they're starting from mm -hmm. nothing, but... They, they are starting a regional that they hope will build into uh, a major. Yeah, which is super cool. Again, look, TOing is not an easy task. It's a lot sure. of work. And shout-outs to these guys taking up this endeavor. A lot of the best players out there do become TOs, and because 
they have a lot of pride in their home scene. You right. know what I mean? Like, Vi only started going to Wednesday Night Fights at one point, you know, Shingle BMX's garage days after West Coast got bodied by East Coast at right. bar fights, right? I mean, that spurred him to go and try to build up the scene again. Yeah. You just have a lot of pride in your scene, and one of the best ways to do that is to give him something to play for. And so to see these guys doing that, I think that's super cool. Again, um, you can check them out. Their official website is uh, www.rewiredaz.com. And it is a site that shows all the info. Oh, does it? Have, a, yep, oh, okay, it does. okay, good stuff, good stuff. Um, Say Jam will be commentating. Oh, nice, good stuff. And I also heard that, that Brent and Filipino Man might go out there from SoCal and try to take their games, take their money. <laughs> There's a little bit of a rivalry between Arizona a and SoCal. Bit. A little yeah, you know, rivalry. Yeah. But it's like Andy Roddick said one time, it's like you actually have to win in order to have a rivalry. So, you know, Arizona has to, you know, kinda you know so it's not quite a rivalry yet, you know. Yeah, they they have a great Marvel scene there too. So we'll yeah. you know it's a, it should be a good event. What day was that again? Oh, uh, let me reopen the tab. It's, November fourteenth and fifteenth. Yeah, November fourteenth and fifteenth. So coming in up Tucson. very soon. Yes, in Tucson, Arizona. We'll talk about that in the future too. It's yep. not going to be the last time. For sure, for sure. Right. Uh, also, uh, news for Southern California Southern California regionals. One of the events that we talked about that's coming up in October. Uh, Twitch has decided to add two thousand dollars to the Smash prize pool there. So they're just throwing in two thousand dollars there. Uh, again, that SoCal Regional is taking place October 9th through 11th uh, in uh, Ontario, California. So that is that is also a Capcom premiere event. There's already a lot of money on the line. Like yeah. I think they in the in the recent trailer they just announced it was like over thirty thousand dollars being given away in prize money. Sick. A lot of international competition that Indeed. he actually said. Uh, was it, I think it was Raiketsu Vega or something. There's a, a Vega player from Japan I think like, right, showing yeah. up randomly or something like that. Uh, but speaking of the Level Up team, we could probably mention that Vi just put out a video yeah. today of a walkthrough of, I guess, what's going to be the Wednesday Night Fights new venue. Right. So it looks like he's planning to finally start up offline Wednesday Night Fights again in Santa Ana, California, and this is going to be taking place at a place called Esports Arena. Yeah. I feel like like an Asian group named that building. You know, like, like an Asian group? Yeah, like Taiwan Fighting Game Tournament. Oh, I see. You know, yeah, they yeah. just, it's Esports Arena. Yeah. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? It looks really well put together. Oh, I've never yeah. been there, but man, it looks sweet inside, and they yeah. have all this branding in there, and they have their computers or their Playstations or whatever it is, in like these nice... Um, plexiglass, Lexan-looking uh, boxes that are, have uh, have lights, like blue LEDs or something in them. <laughs> it's like bizarrely nice looking. Dude, it, it looks legit. They ha it there's a whole stage. There's, there's a two commentary stories. booth. Yeah. It's two stories. They even have more stuff upstairs, and they have couches where you can sit down and relax. They even have some of those driving, crazy driving games where you sit on, on the yeah. chair on the ground and like... It's, it looks like a sick venue, and I'm going to guess that Santa Ana is where in, in SoCal area. It's like a little bit kind of south, right? I'm going to want to guess that that's probably where Southern California Regionals was supposed to take place. Remember how they were always talking about how they had a great venue, and they couldn't quite get it, they couldn't quite finish building it in time, etc., etc.? Yeah. How much you want to bet it's this place? Okay. 
I'm, that's what I'm gonna guess. So. That seems likely. But uh, yeah, sure enough, uh, it looks like a really awesome venue. Um, obviously, some people are gonna bring up, you know, like they're doing that. Super Arcade's coming back. They're probably gonna do a Wednesday night fights as well. So, be interesting to see how this goes. Um, certainly, hope it doesn't cause any like rifts or rivalries or splits or anything like that. I yeah. hope they can work together so that it's like one of them does it on Wednesday, the other does it on Monday or something like that. And, you know, and because, uh, I mean, obviously, we still also have UGC. We have all these different yeah. areas. So, you know, I'd love to see all the different locations work with each other. Agreed. It know? would be great. UGC is in a very different region than where Santa Ana is. These are, like, opposite mm -hmm. ends, sort of, of the LA area. Right. But um, where Super Arcade is, is talking about going, where, where, they're back in Walnut? Is that... Uh, no, no, no. They're, they're still in the city that... In Azusa, they're still in Azusa. Yeah, Azusa. It's like it's like literally like a f like one or two block down from where they originally tried to get to. Whatever works, man. Yeah, um, yeah. But that that area is not that close to Santa Ana either. Mm -hmm, not that mm -hmm. it's uh, like a far distance, but it's right. not like the same spot either. So hopefully, with these different areas, you know, it wouldn't there won't be too much fighting about right, it. But right. it's nice to have more local offline places yeah. to go play and, and i really do feel bad for watson because i mean obviously oh, yeah. he's just been running into problem after problem after problem would have been nice to have super arcade open already to establish it he wanted to open before evo i remember like, he had planned to open it like a month before evo and then all that city of azusa stuff the landlord yeah. debacle and all that stuff happened so it's unfortunate but uh uh, apparently this first wednesday night fights oh, i forgot when he said it's going to start but i think it's going to be in october I think it's going to be in October that it's starting up. So, so uh, yeah, that's all I have for upcoming event news. Yeah, I believe it's the end of October, but Alex okay. is in the chat, so let us... Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, October 21st, okay, so it's before... Wait, when is SCR? Yeah, it's after SCR, mm -hmm. but not that far afterward. Yeah. Less than a month from now. Okay, cool. So starting up soon. Um, do, 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 do you want to just do the game news really quick? Let's just blast it there because there's sure. not that much. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, they mentioned that Guilty Gear Xrd Revelator is coming out in spring 2016. Okay. So to consoles, I should say, in 2016. Of course, that is Japanese. I'm not sure if there's anything in in North Carolina, North Carolina, North America plan. Okay. <laughs> How did I do that? I don't know. Oh, That's cool. Geez. Okay. Um, also announced recently. At Tokyo Game Show, yeah, was uh, SNK Playmore announced King of Fighters 14 in an interesting decision. It seems like they're releasing it on the PlayStation 2. At least that's based on the footage that I saw. Instead oh of going boy. with like the latest console, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to go back and hit the demographic of people with all the PS2 controllers and such. Dang, and <laughs> you know. <laughs> when uh, it's for PS4. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when when we were talking, when you were going through the list of like stories, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. I, I saw KLF down kind uh -huh. of low, and I and I wanted to be like, we should really talk about that earlier than that. But then I was like, nah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> it just, it, presumably, it's early, but it can't be that early because it's coming out in it's coming out next year, 2016. Yeah, yeah. like it's not it's not like this is like build one out of whatever how many mm -hmm, it's going to be mm -hmm. like there is some ways into it and uh it just doesn't look that great folks 
it just doesn't look that great. I mean, I hope they keep working on it. I mean, to be yeah. honest with you, like, it probably would have cost a lot of money for them, money probably they didn't have, but, I mean, let's face it, Guilty Gear put out this giant, they did talks, there's articles on how they did all of their cell shading craziness. A lot of, a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but KOF would look beautiful like that. Oh, yeah. K oh, that is a KOF and Guilty Gear? Yeah. Style? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, KOF 100% should have went that direction. That would be awesome. Um, I mean, look, they tried to do 3D a long time ago, Maximum Impact. I remember yeah. seeing it at an, at, a, at an E3 one time. I, like, picked it up, I started playing it, I put it down, and I walked away. You and never I was got just, it. I, just, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, no. Because the thing about it is, one of the faults of it, honestly, though, was that they tried to also make it a 3D game. Yeah. Instead of just making KOF in 3D, like how Street Fighter 4 is just Street Fighter right. in 3, with 3D graphics, you know what I mean? Like, hopefully some good will come out of this. I mean, I know a lot of people are super excited for KOF 14. I really hope it pans out, but let's, let's also put it this way. KOF 12 came out. And a lot of people were kind of like, this is kind of janky. Like, where are some of these characters? They're missing, whatever. And that was just a template for KOF 13, which turned out to be one of the greatest KOF games in a long time, right? KOF 14 could be very well doing a lot of the same things. They just need to establish it, get it out there, and then... Is this, is this the, the Star Trek rule of, uh, of KOFs? <laughs> <laughs> Every other KOF, yeah. Maybe, maybe, so... But yeah, I mean, I, I really hope so. I really hope so. Or yeah, I really hope KOF 14 comes out and is good. Of course, that's bad. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. Case. Uh -huh, exactly. Of course. So, you know, I mean, let's face it. There are games out there that don't look so great that play awesome. Sure, right? that's true. So. Some of them are, are avowed technical alphas. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, uh, also... Um, Hopefully there will be no, more news on that in the future. Yeah, I, I think... Pockin is playable in New York City, maybe even at the same Dave and Buster's that that Tekken 7 World Championships okay. is happening. But apparently, this was just announced, like literally right before we started the show. Yeah, I, heard I saw from on iPlay Winner that um, some people have spotted them putting together a Pockin cabinet at Quinte Hills round one. Probably, I mean, it is the same one that that Tekken 7 World Championship okay. is taking place. So apparently SoCal's going to have access to Pocket very soon. That's so cool. That's actually super cool. Yeah. yeah. That's um, fun. And then also, we mentioned this last week, they just uh, start, They came back into the news, but they, fought, they have started their Indiegogo campaign now. Main 6 has started up um, their campaign for them's fighting herds. You guys remember this is basically what's resulted off of MLP fighting is magic. Uh, they started making a game. The cease and desist came from Hasbro. Correct. The creator of the ML of the My Little Pony reboot came on board to help them design characters. Created a whole new world, like a whole new lore and everything. Like they have like complete brand new yeah. lore and stuff like that. Yeah. But them's, really them's fighting herds is coming out, and yeah, I'm. When I first saw the videos for it, I was actually blown away by how well the animation it looks, looks really good actually. it looks i agree really really good it looks really good and and not only that did you see the video of the dynamic music background no i don't think i did actually dude that thing is so sick yeah like it's like round one fight like the video example they show they just put labels on what's playing right it's like uh arizona is one of the characters uh -huh. names. i love the character names i don't know why like i just think they came up with really good names but the cow is arizona 
and I believe that's, was that a unicorn or something? It was velvet, right? Okay. But Arizona comes on like so. It's round one, and Arizona's theme, like a little tidbit of it plays, and then a little tidbit of Velvet's theme plays, and then they start fighting, and it's the normal background theme, right? And Arizona starts winning, and the theme song is the same theme, but all of a sudden changes to an Arizona flair. Like, they add instruments, like violins, because that's how Arizona's theme song works. Really? And then as they're fighting, Velvet starts winning the match, and it all of a sudden it switches, so it has, like, like Christmas bell sounds to it. Dude. And then when it wins, they play a little bit of Arizona's theme in the background, and it gets more tense as it keeps going and stuff like that. That is awesome. It was I like, did not know about that. Yeah, it's like one background music that changed to match the character that was winning. I did not. That's so cool. That was actually really sick. Agreed. Like if you if you go to their Indiegogo page, okay, they show an example video. Now, yeah. It's like really cool. Like I watched it and I was like, because remember how we were compl I was complaining about MK and like you know all the games that the background music just wasn't quite there oh, and stuff like that. Right. Like this one, like as you're watching it, I, I feel like it'll help the viewer experience a lot just to hear the music get kind of hyped up. Like, yeah. it literally started off as regular background music, then this guy's version, and then this version. It was, it was really neat. That's it super really cool. Neat. I have so, to say, I never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool idea. So, I mean, look, the game looks like it's coming along awesome to me. I think it looks really, really cool. Um, you know, a lot of people have asked me, do you think it'll be successful, etc., whatever like that. Look, it's using the Skulls Girls engine and stuff like that. Even if it turns out to be a, a little bit of a niche, a niche game, you know, it's cool that it's even being made. I'm really happy yeah, for the guys who are behind the project because, I mean, just judging from a lot of the conversations, SRK has a really nice article on them because they actually um, interviewed and talked with a lot of them. They seem really passionate about this project and stuff like that. So I'm super happy for them that they're starting this uh, Indiegogo campaign and stuff like that. And uh, Well, it's a, it's a campaign that is looking for $436,000 mm -hmm. in one day. 2,188 people raised $125,000. There so you go. That's not, that's not a bad rate. That's a good start, for sure. Pretty good sure. start. Especially since the majority of the money for almost all crowdfunding comes like in the last two days mm -hmm. or so like that. So that's that's really, really cool to see. That's really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely check that out. Just search Indiegogo and uh, Them's Fighting Herds. And uh, obviously, I approve of the name. Of the the name, name is good. Yeah, um, that's actually pretty good. So, okay. But yeah, very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Okay. Uh, also, just wanted to mention a little bit that um, uh, they actually Kotaku actually has the series going on called um, Compete. I think it is. Okay. And um, it's kind of about yeah, it's called Compete, and um, they're just doing little stories on competitive gaming. The most recent one they put out was All Moment Thirty Seven. So they actually have like a newly captured footage of like the, the actual match. And they actually interviewed Daigo and Justin. So you actually see interview footage of them talking about it and stuff like that. So that you like you can hear what Daigo's mentality was. He like talks about That's cool. it a little bit and stuff like okay. that. So I mean it's really cool content for the FGC, you know, on Kotaku like them or not, they're a mainstream gaming site. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to see that. So definitely sure. check that out. It's called uh, Justin Ver or you can probably go to YouTube and find the video there. It's called uh, Justin Wong versus Daigo Umahara, the real story behind Moment Thirty Seven. Of course, you know there's, there's the Daigo Perry. Yeah, the Daigo Perry. So, but definitely check that out. That is so. Cool. Okay. Yep. Um, gosh, I don't even know if we have time to talk about some of the other things that I want to talk about. 
Uh, oh, ooh, ooh, I did want to mention this. Oh yes, definitely. Let's mention that. Yeah, we wanted to mention this last week and Indeed. we and we and we missed it. But uh, do I still have? Yeah, here it you is. You do. Okay, so very very cool project that's being put together that has been happening for the last couple of weeks now. Like James said, we just forgot to mention it. Mm -hmm. um, Mar Marvel lives. I don't like pronouncing that word like that. But. <laughs> Marvel baby. Yeah. Um, anyway. Really cool website that, that was put together with a very cool podcast um, accompanying it, slash video podcast, you know, mm -hmm. um, that talks all about Marvel 3. And it's it's a great, um, first of all, very good website. Mm -hmm. Can I just say that? Like, check oh, out yeah, the website. Yeah, yeah. The, the website, website is, is top notch. Someone knows what they're doing who put together that website, for sure. For sure. It's so, super sick. Like, it, yeah. it tells you, like what the next upcoming tournaments are for Marvel. It has all these links to good resources. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It has links to their sick uh, podcast, which we'll talk about in just a bit. So the uh, it talks about all the, the people who are contributing to it. Mm -hmm, like the coming up events that Marvel is going to yeah. be at. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned the podcast that they did. So they did the podcast, unfortunately, the first Marvelous episode, Mondays. Yeah, the Marvelous Mondays podcast. Unfortunately, the first episode that they did due to technical difficulties got lost. They didn't have an archive of it. So they actually just did episode number one again and talked about the topics. And if you actually go to the site, like literally embedded on the webpage is the podcast sitting at the bottom of the browser. It's such a sick website, man. Yeah. I, I am very happy that they put that together. That's yeah, really, really so you cool. You can just click that. But I mean, some of the people involved in that are Kinder Party is there, uh, SBK, Marvello, and Persia. And of course, um, some of the other people contributing: Fireball Paul, Potato Salad, and Merrill or Merkel, I should say, nine 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 X. So it's really good stuff here. Really great Marvel resource. Like I said, it's it's really cool for me to see that the Marvel community is really stepping it up and doing a lot of these things. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Was it Green Ace or who was the one that started the the the, the, the resource for finding matches and stuff like that? Um, I don't, I don't remember. But it's it, so it's nice because the podcast is, is really well done. They talk about tournaments that have come up. You know, it's sort of the same that thing that we do, but just very focused more tightly on Marvel 3. Yes. Mm -hmm. And with people who know the game very well, and they can really break down what happened in the matches mm -hmm. um, in, in very insightful ways. And they talk about Marvel for like an hour and a half. It's, it's really cool. I mean, I've listened to the last couple. And it's, it's Kinder Party... Um, being like the guy, the host, I guess. Oh, and nice. He sort okay, of tosses okay, okay. it off stuff, to people and he asks a series of questions and they all have a little debate on it. That's cool. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah, definitely check that out. What's at, the website? Yeah. At marvellives.com, which is M A H V E L L I V E S. Um, probably a good idea to use that because you probably can't use Marvel, right? Because Marvel of all companies will come after a tiny little website it was like smart. this. Yeah. So Marvel Lives, and uh, check out their podcast called Marvelous Mondays. I mean, their website is, is actually called Marvelous Essentials, right. but it's at marvellives.com. Right. So there you go. Awesome job, because, you know, certainly we've talked in the past about how games like ST sort of came back to life, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Melee did it, yeah. um, and, uh, and then we sort of contrasted it with how it seemed like the Marvel scene was going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not even that long ago only a few months ago really six months ago maybe and it didn't seem like the marvel 3 scene was gonna keep it up right it seemed like they were just sort of gonna let it fall right and uh and these guys are not doing that they're not doing that so that's awesome 
like you said, the ST Revival crew, you know, like El Trouble, Miller Time, um, you know, Bob Painter, of course. Daryl doesn't do anything for them. But I don't think so. Uh, he doesn't do any work at yeah. all. Muffin Man is kind of useless, but he's just... Nice guy. I think, I think they're just nice. They just don't want to shoo him away because I think they'd feel bad or something. Sure. So, yeah. But in any case, um, I had some other topics that I really wanted to talk about. Um, mostly just after um, TFC, there was a little bit of discussion that started on Twitter. Okay. Um... I'm not sure how this started, but then it's like words kind of got in there at some point in time because uh, uh, Dominion. So no, I remember how it started. Is that I think it was either low tier god or somebody started complaining about Zangief as like ha like as a BS character because his vortex is too good. Mm. Right. Okay. And I was like, his vortex is good, but. Good luck getting there. Yeah, it's that's Zangief. like that's the whole Zangief principle, right? right. <laughs> he has a great vortex because yeah. short jump, regular jump. I mean, once he does a bear grab into the corner, that mix up sucks right there. Yeah, because from the same spot he crosses right. you up or not, right? right. That's so, really good. So a lot of people started debating that, and so some people started talking about that, and then some. I, I kind of made a comment that like because Dominion was like, you know, like mentioned something about Zangief being really good. And I was like, I just feel like you play them. I actually told him I felt like he played the match too logically. Mm. That that he needs to play a little bit more like Knuckle Dude because Knuckle Dude kind of goes crazy and goes offensive, right? Then there was some choice words from Dominion, and then he didn't um, like that. Uh, well, he didn't like. The, I mean, he, he had no problem with my suggestion, although he was joking around. I was like, so I so you basically telling me to so to play like Knuckle Dude, I need to just turn off my brain, right? You know, kind of stuff like that. Knuckle do even kind of returns some shots on the Daily Dot uh, broadcast, whatever. you know, and stuff like that. But whatever, I don't care about the drama. The, okay. the, the main thing that came out of that, though, was that some people were saying, and I this floored me, this just made me laugh, right? Is that I'll, I'm not laughing because I thought it was silly. I'm laughing because of the great turnaround that this is. Some people were saying that the reason why Snake Eyes and Knuckle do play so well is because they're pad players. And pads are way more advantageous to use than joysticks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, it's not, it's not new, really, because I remember even back in, like, maybe 2011 or 2012, something like that, I had a couple of friends who switched over to pad, specifically uh -huh. because they thought it was better. Right. And mm -hmm. for a while, I even tried to do that. Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember. Um, but I stopped because I just stopped playing in general. It wasn't like I had... Uh -huh. a, problem with pad pad's good but yeah it is a big turnaround from before that from like 10 years ago when everybody thought everybody in the fgc um competing fgc sort of going to tournaments thought that pad was awful yeah and i remember people you can't specifically get good saying, yeah you specifically could not play characters like zangief zangief was like one of the characters that was mm -hmm. like obviously you can't play this character with right. pad because you can't do the motions of 720s yeah. and two of street fighter 4's historical best u.s zangief players were pad players <laughs> indeed indeed in fact a bunch of the best uh american players have been pad yeah. players i mean even like you'll never be able to play viper, viper. you'll never play dudley wolf crone smug you know right. super good pad players using those characters right it's the same thing for marvel where Mar marvel has good pad players mm -hmm. even so obviously there's nothing wrong with pad 
question is, is it too good in some ways? I understand in, in some ways what they're talking about. Right, so, so when you play a pad, you don't move as much, you can't hear the buttons. Exactly. And so when you use a joystick, you hear the smack, smack, and some people are basically saying like, it's stupid to try to map dead buttons. Like, I shouldn't have to map dead buttons to be competitive, you know? I mean, for me, having played in the arcade my whole entire life, just doing this is just a natural part of me, you know? To, so much to the point that my best friend mentioned that he noticed that whenever I was gonna uppercut, I would try to stay as still as possible. That's funny. And whenever I tried to fake an uppercut, I would always do this to fake the uppercut. So it was like an opposite tell. <laughs> like if I didn't do anything, that's you knew great. I was gonna uppercut. That's great. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's, that's really sad, James. <laughs> that's really funny. But I mean, I was born and raised on that whole kind yeah. of concept. So to me, it feels natural and I like it, right? But then this brought up the secondary debate, which is tournaments should no longer play side by side. They should only be head to head because that's the objective, not even subjective, right, yeah, objectively, better way to play and the only true legit form of tournament yeah that i don't agree with no come on i don't agree with that yeah. so um so i definitely get it that pad doesn't have the same sort of noises that come from it <laughs> and the friends that i mentioned who switched to pad years ago they they did it because they felt that they got faster inputs mm -hmm. and they didn't have to go boom boom with the stick they could just go boop boop right like, uh -huh, there was a dash uh -huh. they, they were already dashing they felt they were faster about it so um i sort of i sort of get that but and this is the stupidest but like most obvious response why are you not also playing pad <laughs> if that's if that is a legit enough thing play pad right if, right. That, if that's important enough to you um for for me but you know when I was when I was competing, like I said, I tried to pick up pad because mm -hmm. I thought I thought it was good in some ways. But <laughs> if if it's if it's important enough to you, those small advantages, play play to whatever maximum advantages you can get. Right. That's my view. Mm -hmm. You know, I I've said this many times. If I had continued to compete, I would have done it on hitbox. I would have switched yeah, to hitbox yeah, yeah, years yeah. ago because uh -huh, uh -huh. I feel that hitbox is better than pad. Even I feel like it's just the best. Mm -hmm. It's designed. It's rather than all the other input methods which were designed for other stuff and adapted for fighters. It was designed for fighters. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I feel like it is the best for it. Mm -hmm. So if if you're not if you believe in the power of pad or of hitbox and you're not playing one of those two, then you're screwing up. And it's the same thing as if you were to play some bad character right. and say, "Oh man, I can't compete." I'm playing with DJ. Well, don't pick DJ. <laughs> if it's important, if winning is important enough to you, don't pick DJ. Right. Pick the character or the input method that gives you the best advantage. That's it. And so, I, I don't know, I don't have that much sympathy for people who want to complain about that stuff. That's it. Plus, if you're old school, you just know how to play against that. Let me demonstrate to you how John Choi does Saget's uppercut in CVS2. Okay. Okay, remember this is it's a five hit uppercut that you do uppercut motion, right? That's how he does an uppercut in CVS2. Yeah. I'm not even joking. No, I, I, yeah. He hits the button every I hit know, as it, it hits. <laughs> yeah. And and that's a lot of players will do that. They'll know when they poke with strong, they'll hit other buttons and you know, there's things that people have adapted to when we didn't have any choice and that's just the way that it worked. So, look, I have I do not begrudge head to head. <laughs> And in fact, 
I think head to head is a perfectly legitimate method. Of course. And I even and my comparison was like uh, tennis courts. Like there's hard court, there's grass court, whatever. In the end, you're playing the same game. It's just different environment. I hear so, you. So, SCR, top eight's going to be head to head. No problem with that. This event going to be side by side. No problem with that. I don't see there's any reason to prefer one or the other. I mean, someone legit told me that because when I was like, tennis is the same game, just different surfaces. Yeah. And someone was like, dude, side by side and head to head are completely not the same game. I was like, how is it not? It's the same console. It's the same program. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, it's literally the same game. Yeah. What a silly statement. Like tennis is more different on different courts because yeah. on on clay you can slide and like on hardcore. Uh, like, you... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, no, I mean, to be fair, not everybody, not everybody knows tennis. I don't know it very well myself, oh, okay, but I know okay. that there are significant yeah, 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 differences yeah, yeah. Uh -huh, between uh -huh. the different surfaces. So. Yeah. But look, I understand why you'd want head to head, but to say objectively it's better and to call for we should never have side by side again i mean to me that's part of the gamesmanship playing next it's to certainly somebody. what i like i mean i'm not competing anymore so mm -hmm. i don't know how much i have to say about it but um that's what i prefer i really like being next to my opponent because i'm confident in my ability to to out jerk the other guy like i feel like i can <laughs> i feel like i can yeah i can like out like in in real life metagame them you know what i mean because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, i've just i've done it for like a long time yeah and, and even some it's players part of the game to me but. yeah exactly and and some players like ricky i feel like she has a distinct advantage when she plays side by side because we've always talked about this commentary she always looks at the other person in between rounds yeah. and matches like every time the play you always see her like glance over of course and because Get she's trying yeah she's getting an assessment of what the person's if you see like if they lose a round they're like Oh, then you you know that's when you go for the kill. If you see them losing, they're like, ha, 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 then you know they're not necessarily taking it serious. You know, there's things that you can glean out of it that you can't when you're sitting across from each other and can't see their faces. You know what I don't like that much is playing online. And it's not just that I'm not with another person. Right. It's that I don't get any of that extra info. <laughs> yep. So I, I feel much less confident about myself going into the second round, even if I've won the first round uh -huh. i don't get any of this little side info that i'm always looking for right and so my my confidence like maybe the other person is like in in that room being like yeah i see what i did wrong in that first round like uh -huh, i get uh -huh. it all right i'm uh -huh. gonna come back much stronger if that if that person was next to me when they were doing that i would be like i see yeah like, uh -huh, uh -huh. i'll adapt but, <laughs> but if, if they're like oh god man and then they go to the next round i'm like thumbs up yeah and, and you everything's know what? golden I don't get that online, but but head to head is to me head to head is in person online play, so I, I find it less interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but I get that other people would find it more interesting. Presumably, it's just like in tennis, where right, people right. prefer one or the other. Um, that's fine. But I think you're right to say that it's just a different surface or whatever, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. rather than being a different game, and that both are legit. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think I don't think objectively either are better. Subjectively, you may have a preference, but I don't think it, there's an objective difference between it. And, yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been times I've played matches where, because I'm sitting next to them, you can tell the moment they realize you do a trick, like, a couple of times. Like, you'll do something, you'll do something, and you'll see them do this. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> a little nod, for Yeah, sure. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm switching it up. You know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. So many little things. It's like, that, it's like, what if, like, do you think that there are pro poker players who find illegitimacy in 
in offline poker play? Well, poker is all about that, right? Uh, really? Because a lot of people play it online. Uh, I guess it's true. There's a huh? big online poker it's scene. It has been for quite a, quite a long time. People make money doing that. Um, I just wonder if there are any poker players who think, man, I, like, I don't want to play side by side because then the opponent gets reads on me. Right, right. Um, it should just be about the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that there are people like that? I wonder. <laughs> it's funny because like, someone mentioned that Daigo one time brought a blocker. And so did, uh, remember in KOF, they did the, the same thing. The year that uh, Korea beat um, Bala, they brought that chair and they put sure, the shirt yeah. on there and stuff like that. I mean, if that's, you don't like it, yeah, do if you don't like it, bring it. Bring bring the blocker, dude. Um, or you can do what somebody, maybe it was Mago or something like that, was playing against Sanford, a known button looker at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like, scooted way back from where Sanford was mm-hmm, so that Sanford mm-hmm. couldn't see the buttons anymore. Yep, yep. There's all these things you can do. Dude, who, who was it? Was, I can't remember if it was Watson who did it to Schaefer or Schaefer who did it to Watson. But they played a tournament on Street Fighter II arcade cabinets, and one of them showed up with a box that was cut with two holes to perfectly fit their arms so that they could play on the arcade cabinet and cover their hands to prevent the other guy from looking at that. Yeah, hands. I think I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, that was this was arcade Street Fighter II. Might have been like oh, hyper okay, fighting or that. something yeah. like that. So. Yeah, I, I saw that at like the barricades and stuff ten years after that. So. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. <laughs> Apparently there are there are poker players arcade ghost says who are like that who who find less legitimacy in in person play because it's not just about the gameplay and really that's fascinating to me that's just that that is fascinating along with with this um, question in fighting games because I wonder if it's just a product of of the internet like is it is it like the later generation grew up with the internet playing games online right and like now yeah, that's uh-huh. their default but for us the default is human interaction oh dude, yeah. this is all a generational I mean, no honestly <laughs> when when we started arguing that's about hilarious. online the funniest thing is that someone actually said to me i was like someone was like you know like this is how we play in the arcades because he was referring to the japanese cabinets mm-hmm. which they're always head to head in japan Japanese, right yeah. so he was like this is how arcades play and i'm like what arcades did you play Right. I was like, I never played head-to-head when I was playing growing up. And then, like, I was arguing, like, this is how it's always been in the arcades. And then someone came up back to me and was like, arcades are dead, man. <laughs> I was like... Yeah, and mostly have been for quite a while. Yeah, but, and, I, and I couldn't even really argue on that. I was like, no, you're right. Arcades are 100% dead, so... I can definitely tell you the people who were talking about this on Twitter did not grow up in a Japanese arcade yeah, playing yeah, head-to-head. Yeah, yeah. There. there are some U.S. arcades that are head-to-head and were for a long... You know, like, right. family fun mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, there there were plenty that were not, right. and certainly I think the default was to not. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, it's funny to me to think about it as maybe a generational concern. Yeah. I considered that before, like two minutes ago. And I do want to clarify. You know, I mean, obviously we're kind of laughing and chuckling about some of these things, but I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I'm completely dismissing any of the people who are actually saying that. You know what I mean? Who say that head-to-head is better or whatever yeah, just like a that. I totally understand. And like I said, I don't have any problems with head-to-head. And I yeah. 100% see why they think that way. You know what I mean? And I 100% agree that for the game they want to play, it is better. Mm. But that's a good way to, to me, that's not what the game has always meant to be. Like that whole personal psychological analysis kind of thing has always been part of Street Fighter to me. 
Because, you know, even back in the days when we played at Wednesday Night Fights, when I played Unknown People, after I beat them, like, one game, I would look at them to see how they react. Or not only that, I would also turn and joke with them a lot of the times. Like, sometimes I would just, like, make jokes about stuff, and it's almost kind of like a way to diffuse their anger or frustration mm, or that, stuff yeah. like that. In fact, I mean, uh, APOC, super good alpha player. I beat him at B4 and B5 in Alpha 2 and 3, I think. It, no, it was Alpha 3, I think it was. And years later, he told me, he's like, the reason why I can never beat you because I could never get angry enough to want to beat you. That's funny. That's he was like, though. I could never get that, like, I could never get that full drive to want to beat you like I could to everybody else because you were always, like, so nice and stuff. And I was like, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. Take any advantage you can get. You can get, so. Well, I, I, certainly that's how I view it. Yeah. Um, but might not be the case for yeah. for newer gen. Well, again, that's fine. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with that, and you're, you're right to say that I don't have any problems with the people who are saying it either. Like right, it's just right. a disagreement. It's mm -hmm. not a big deal. But I, I just I don't want to I don't want to completely lose the stuff that I enjoy because even on even on commentary, I think it's really it's really fun and useful and and can be interesting for people watching. To point out how the two players are interacting with yeah, each other, yeah, uh -huh, I think uh -huh. that, I think there's a lot of potential yeah. value in that, and so I would not I would not want to to lose it. Yeah. You know, it, it it just seems to me like it's look with any decision that you make on any given rule, there are going to be people who do better or worse based on that. Mm -hmm. If there were to be real soundproof booths, some people would do better, mm -hmm. some people would do worse, mm -hmm. some people would, wouldn't matter. Same thing for head to head versus side to side. Same thing for you know, PS4 pad, pad, or 360. Yeah, there you go. Right. Any number of things, it's just going to come out like one way or the other, and that's it's not just fighting games. It's like in general. Yeah. I mean, let's just put it this way. Let's say the powers that be, all the TOs out there, eventually start agreeing, and in two years' time, every tournament is head-to-head. -head. I'm not going to complain. I have no problem with that. Me, it really is just, I just don't see anything wrong with side-to-side, -side, and I don't think it's a problem let's just put it that way so it sounds right to me mm -hmm. yeah hey man i mean if it, certainly you could you could make <laughs> similar stuff happen in a lot of situations not everything because some pool play is like too close there's nothing you can do about oh, it oh yeah yeah but, uh, but there are plenty of other situations where you know you could scoot back or you could play pad yeah apparently pad is the solution or or like we said just bring a blocker Bring a blocker. There you Bring go. Maybe what you could do, this would be hilarious, is wear one of those full body suits that you it covers the face as well, and it's just like a big green blob, and nobody knows who you are. You just But you just show up. You're like, somebody calls your name, and you're like, oh, yeah, here I am. But nobody <laughs> knows what your emotions are. Dude, you've just completely described Fialiga's strategy. <laughs> Genius. Now we know how he wins all those dive pick tournaments. Exactly. There you go. You can't read him. You can't, can't read him. him. He just looks happy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what happens. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. But, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I just thought that was an interesting topic of conversation. So yeah, it is. I just kind of wanted to ex expose how I felt about the whole side-by-side. -side. And also the pad versus stick thing. Pad versus stick thing. I mean, I've had people actually ask me, like, I'm really trying to learn stick. And I'm just like, why? Like, it's gotten to that point now. Yeah, like, they're both legit. Matter. But it's just funny to me that it's gotten to a point where in side-to-side -side events, I should clarify 
that people consider pads to be a strong, distinct advantage over joystick. I just don't understand why, if, if it's such a big deal to you, I mean, obviously, well, you just you're, learn pad. you're not good at pad or whatever. Like, cause some people, so, there's a really hard transition from going to joystick to pad. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's that's my legit answer though, because I I feel like that's <laughs> I feel like that's the same kind of discussion as going from some bad character to some good <laughs> character. I feel like I meshed better with Q than I did with any of the top yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it took me a little bit of time to learn. No, that's not yeah. true. It took me like a week to learn Chen. <laughs> totally, so totally it's lost. funny because uh, <laughs> Rizal actually mentions here in the chat at Evo this year, he was using Ryu and he did quarter circle four with light kick and shouted Hadouken. That's awesome. And got the opponent to jump. That's awesome. And and I mean, 100%, that was one of my favorite tactics when I did play Street Fighter Three. With Denjin Ryu. I've told you this tactic before, yeah. right? I would always do Denjin Ryu with jab. Always do it with jab. So jab and I'd hold the button because it was close enough to my joystick hand that I would literally take my thumb and hold jab down like oh, this. that's so smart. And then when the opponent was sitting there in the corner ready to parry, I did this. And they would try to parry, nothing would happen. They'd be like, what? And then I'd let go with my thumb. That's so smart. Like, I would actually do that. <laughs> and I remember doing that and everyone watching at the time was like, oh. <laughs> like that was dirty, but I mean that's just uh, that's the that's what we grew up in, right? That's that's what yeah. we did. So yeah. Anyway, everybody should have been playing Hitbox like five years ago. Yeah. What, are, what are you guys doing? Right. Right. Exactly. I, I I really feel that not playing Hitbox is like not playing the best potential character for you. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're just making it worse on yourself. Because mm -hmm. it's better. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's like, it's, it's significantly better. better. And yeah. I mean, the time I try to get used to it, it's hard. It takes a while to get used to it. It takes a little it. while, but it's but, not like some impossible yeah, transition. I mean, dude, like, I've seen all, like, you know how everyone plays WASD for up, down, left, right on the on the keyboard, right? One of my friends actually plays WSED. Like, they play these four keys. One of them's left, right, one of them's up and down. So he can hold diagonals easier and stuff like that. And, wow, interesting. Like, and it's it's not intuitive, but he'd done it for so long uh -huh. that he just got used to it. And now, to him, it's second nature. Sure, that makes sense. So it always works that way. Just like Rising Thunder, like, whether you put the specials on the top or the bottom, it just depends on what you want to get used to. There's no rhyme or reason to go one way or the other. You know, I have the specials on the bottom. I think most people put the specials on the top because that's what it is default on the keyboard. Right, but on the joystick, joystick it's the opposite. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah. that's how I do it. So. Did you know if you wear glasses that invert your vision, your brain will eventually figure it out and everything will look normal to you. Uh -huh. And then when you take them off, everything's upside down again. Yeah. yeah. Human brain, man. Something to think about, folks. One of the biggest strengths of the human brain is its ability to adapt. So, yep. Uh, well, okay. Okay, uh, I guess, uh, is that about it? Yeah, there's nothing else really oh, to talk Mario about. Maker. I mean, I guess we could talk about Mario Maker a little bit. I, I believe it's Mario Maker. Can I just tell you that? Mario Maker? So Mario. have you always believed he's been Mario and Luigi, or...? Yes, but on top of that, the, man, the person in the manual is named Mary O. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I rest my case. Yeah. <laughs> I was always really mad, too, because someone actually... There was, like, these weird rumors a long time ago that Nintendo was going to create their own Xbox Live and that it was going to be called Marionette. Oh, that's funny. 
and it just uh, didn't happen. It's just sad. Like that's such a great name to use. You yeah. know what I mean? And it just never happened. So, but yeah, um, I saw you created a stage. I haven't played it yet. Next time I stream it, I'll probably try it. It's pretty much what you think it's gonna be. I mean, what I'm. This is my guess. Okay. okay? This is my guess, and that you can record your own sounds and put them in the block door when you walk past. Can you do that? Yeah. Oh, dang. Okay. See, I thought you were going to just I like... I haven't unlocked everything, dude. I'm not... I don't want to grind. Like, I just... I play there for however long it takes uh, to build whatever okay, my vision okay, in, and then okay. I'm out of there. Because okay. when, when, I'm, when I'm in let's create stuff mode, completely distinct. Right, from right. From let's grind mode, completely distinct. I have TV... Because the beautiful thing is that Mario Maker does not need the TV. 100% right. does not need a TV. So right. I just turn on TV. I turn on a TV show, Netflix, whatever TV show. Copy paste block, copy paste that block. Sounds awful. It was pretty awful, but yeah. I, I, it didn't. It took like about an hour. An no, hour. I, I, I've heard it doesn't take very long. It's yeah. just, it's, it's more of like the principle, I guess, mm -hmm. of like how absurd it is to have to grind to be artistic. It is kind of silly, actually. It's bizarre. Yeah, but um, I honestly thought you were gonna record just like nothing but fart noises and like everywhere you ran around, it would just like make fart noises everywhere. I'm looking forward to eventually being able to do that. <laughs> If it ever happens. Because I'm pretty sure you will do that. <laughs> oh, man. Cannons that just shoot out fart noises? I mean, come on, dude. Like, It would be an entire stage of... Um, what are... What, now I'm forgetting... The things that you jump on and you go higher. Trampolines. Yeah, trampolines. Okay, okay, okay. I uh, feel like I can make those into sort of like whoopee cushions. <laughs> I could imagine you drawing a butt with coins and like you have to enter the stage by going in there <laughs> and it, or no no you would actually have to exit the stage and when you do you would put all the fart noises there actually that is so good James <laughs> <laughs> now I'm mad at myself for not having come up with this this is genius <laughs> well I think my stage is pretty good I didn't think it was as hard as it was but I watched Mondo die on the stage for like two hours last night Dang. Yeah, he so, kept it up, huh? Yeah, he kept going. He finally beat it. He finally so, beat it, yeah. I just thought it was a really creative stage in any case. But I've tweeted it out. I'm not going to put it here on the stream or whatever like that. You can find it on my Twitter. I'll tweet it again, again tomorrow just because I want to see what more okay. people think of it. Because some people were like... I'll try it out. Because I tried to create a stage that was fun, hard. Because like, you know, cause basically my complaint was that everyone's just going to do Kaizo Mario levels, right? So Kaizo Mario's that trolley Mario yeah. thing, right? So just going to put Seven Hammer Brothers and just be like, good luck, you know, and stuff like that. So I wanted to make a d level that was hard and fun at the same time. Apparently I did not succeed in that because I've had some people tell me, like, I'm having no joy playing your stage at all whatsoever right now. So I'm like, damn, sorry. So I'm going to try I'm going to try to do it. I'm gonna try to do it. Oh, shit, it took about two hours. Yeah, good Dang. stuff, good stuff. Well, shout-outs to you guys for keeping it up. Yeah. Um, my, my stage is called the Battle of Verdun, which is a famous World War One battle mm -hmm. of trench warfare in which a million people died. Um, and <laughs> the stage... <laughs> yeah. The stage is basically uh, a series of trenches and cannons on top of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... There's the, you know, those little skull things? The yeah, little, yeah. Like, they're, they're, like, embedded into the ground underneath. <laughs> and there's thwomps that come from the sky as if it were bombs. <laughs> uh, and, uh... 
This is just way too... And it, there, like, there, there, there are parts of it where it sounds like drum fire, which was a phenomenon in World War One, where there were so many artillery shells falling simultaneously uh, that it sounded like somebody playing the drums. But that's how many shells landed are you simultaneously. Yeah. Dang. So there, that, that's what I try to do on my stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, my that's stage certainly doesn't up. sound very interesting. <laughs> So I don't know if you saw what, so my stage basically is like, you play the stage, there's three distinct sections in it, you go through it, seems like a pretty normal, very standard stage, you get to the very end and you realize you can't get to the flag, because you need a turtle shell to break bricks to get to the flag, but there's no turtle shell, so you hit a vine, you climb all the way up to the top, there's one turtle up there, the only direction you can kick it is left, so you kick it left, you run entirely back to the front of the stage, and then the turtle follows a different path than you do, and you have to chase it to make sure it doesn't disappear okay. and stuff like that. And so, like, the second section is nothing but note blocks that you have to bounce off of to cross this big pit. When you get there with the red shell, I designed it so the red shell goes up above you and bounces all of them and bounces through them. So you have to do that while you're dodging the red shells at the same Dang, time. that sounds tough. The last section is, like, you trying to get around a bunch of fireball chains, but... The shell goes through the top in a path that you can't see and hits a bunch of question blocks that all contain potoboos, the little fireballs from the castle. So they all drop from the sky as you're running through there and it's like raining on you. And stuff. So basically I made it so that, that it was like super trolly. the first time you go through, it's like, this isn't too hard. But then when you realize how the shell changes the stage. It sounds cool. It's yeah, that was basically idea. what I was trying to go for. Like, kind of like a discovery kind of thing. Like, oh, that's kind of sick how he did that But apparently really I just ended up pissing off people mm. more than anything. So, yeah. Did you play Raf's stage? OAR Raf? No, I haven't yet. Dude, highly recommended for okay, you. Okay, okay, okay. I've already, I've already favorited it, so okay. I will play it next it's, time. It's Dr. Wily stage. Oh, he just remade Dr. Wily's like, stage? Really Dude, good. that's so cool. Okay, okay. Cool. So the next one that I'm working on uh, is is titled Waiting for Godot. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, which is a well-known play, as people might know about it. Um, in which the character waits for Godot, um, aka God, forever, and never comes. And so, <laughs> what all the stage is, is <laughs> it's just it's a big box <laughs> with little destructible, you know, the the Mario Three destructible um, blocks, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And, and uh, with hard walls on all the sides. Uh -huh. And there's one turtle. Uh huh. And you. You kick the turtle, uh -huh. and then it goes boop, 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 getting all of these blocks uh -huh, out of the way, uh -huh. and then it falls down to the next one. Uh -huh. And there's this just this row of destructible blocks, okay. and it takes about 480 seconds to get all the way through it. Uh -huh. And when it's when it's at the end, that's just the end. <laughs> <laughs> the end is right there. <laughs> like I almost would have liked to have seen it so that you could like like like. Because I, you could like put yourself in the middle, and all you do is see is a green turtle walk by, and you need the green turtle to break a block next to you to get to the end, but you just don't see the pit off the screen, and eventually the turtle walks off the pit and never shows up. What I really wanted to do was make an unwinnable level, but you can't. You upload. can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do uh -huh, that. Uh -huh. And then what I wanted to do was do it in the new Super Mario Brothers, where in like the new Super Mario Brothers, the turtles dance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh -huh. I don't think they dance in Mario No, Denver. no, 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 because they dance with so. the background music. Exactly, yeah. Right, right, right. So that's that's too bad, because I wanted it to be that same level, but to have the idiots dancing on the side and not, not understanding the 
the insanity and the just the dire situation that they're in. Wow. Um, but Dude, you, I can't. you <laughs> seriously like I just want I just want you to keep making Mario Maker levels all day. <laughs> like I really want the Great Expectations level. Oh, I really man. want. I dude, can you do like a portrait of an artist as a young man stage, dude? Dude, that would be ridiculous. Because <laughs> you, you, I'm sure you can put wings on everything and turn them into tucku birds and everything like that. So and the moo cows and everything. So it's actually pretty amazing. Thanks, Nintendo. <laughs> <But> that's, <laughs> that's why I don't want to grind. I just want to have all my cool tools there and. Like, it, for the Battle of Verdun, I don't have any dry bones unlocked yet. Oh. But how perfect would that be to have yeah, I thought that's what you were talking locked. about, that's the dry bones. That's oh, what I intended. Okay, no, okay, no, okay, no. okay. Right, 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 right. Nice. Nice. It's pretty messed up. It's awesome. Fun, though. Oh, dude, that would be so sick. So someone in the in the chat uh, says, says, soon James is going to sell us Mario Maker as a fighting game. Could, could you imagine if you played two players and you just, like, made green pipes that put out turtle shells all the time at like different levels and so you just kept trying to toss shells at each other to see who would win. That would be the sickest stage if you could do like a co-op Mario Maker level like that. Can you do co-op? I don't, I don't know actually. Because I'm sure you could come up with really cool ideas like that. Yeah, like versus, with, yeah. versus stages or something. That would be pretty sick. I don't think you can do that, but have co-op mode. I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. unlocked it in right, some future right. time. That sounds that really would, cool though. That would be really fun. Any case, uh, yeah. <laughs> now I'm getting Mario Maker. Dude, I've lost so much sleep thanks to that stupid game. Just like I knew I would. Yeah. There was one day I just started working on my level and just playing through it, and I looked at the clock. It was like 4 a.m. I was like, Damn. really, really. I got to sleep at 7 a.m. that night, dude. It was Damn. pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So that's pretty, pretty nuts. Anyways, <sighs> I'll tweet it out again tomorrow on my stage so you can partake in the suffering. Yeah, I'd like to. That sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, anyways, um, I guess that's all for the day. Long show today, but two weeks worth of content for sure. We'll be back next week. Uh, a lot of people have been asking us what the next event we're going to be at. We should be at SCR. We're also going to Canada Cup as well. I believe we're going to try to make NEC also. as well. So, yeah, so. And also Capcom Cup. Yep, and Capcom Cup. So, All right, guys. Uh, yeah, anything else? Uh, have an easy fast if you're fasting for young people. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, have a good one. All right. Peace out, everybody.